All right, greetings and welcome into Better's Last Stand. Yes, your eyes do not deceive you. Hello, this is everybody. Job on a sports betting show. Yes, <laughs> he can do it all. He's been gracious enough to join us down here in the studio in relief of his father and Chris and Cooley and Luke, who all have better things to do, I guess, than spend <laughs> an hour and a half with you guys. But uh, Job, thanks for joining us. Yeah. We much uh, greatly appreciate yeah. you spending your time here with us. Can't wait to hear your insight and hear listen to the questions that you have for me. So that I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that's pretty much all I'm going to have because I, uh, as many of you know, if you listen to anything else we do, I, my sports knowledge is not great. So I'm just going to be throwing questions out. Well, one could argue that none of our sports knowledge is really that that's good, true. especially when it comes to picking winners. But we're going to try to. We're uh, we're here to serve you. We're uh, at your disposal, so to speak. Try to get you winners each week. Uh, talk about analyze things, uh, kind of break it down from a betting perspective and you know, give you a little bit of an inside look of how things work. If you're not familiar with it or if you're newer to sports betting, try to guide you along. This is a show for all levels of sports bettors, whether you're, you think you're an expert, whether you're making a lot of money, whether you're just getting into it, whether you just do it socially when you're drunk and with your friends, <laughs> which is kind of how us pioneering guys go about it. Although I like to say, I'm somewhat in the profession, uh, but as far as my own social betting goes, uh, you get around the guys, and sometimes you do dumb things. Yeah, so. I, I don't bet a lot, but when I do, it's around friends. That's like the Dos Equis guy. Right. Yeah. I don't always bet, but when I do, it's in the pine room. <laughs> hey, yeah. you said you, you, you're not sure about your wins, but you're up three units this yeah, week. Yeah, we had, we had a pretty good week. Uh, I mean... Anything, and betters will tell you, anytime you're ahead on the week is a pretty good week. Because even if you scratch out even, it could be worse. Because a lot of times you get just beat around like your dad the other day was telling us on the radio. said, I bet five baseball games last night. Guess what record I was? I said one and four. No, I own five. Yeah. Like, impossible, uh, but, you know, it, it's, it seems like you never go 5-0, and oh, but 0-5 oh, is very, very sustainable. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so we were up three units. Sam had a good winner with Denny Hamlin in the race. He had uh, top five with Eric Jones, which is a good payout. Uh, Scott Dixon in, in both Iowa races, both uh, top five finishes. So if you had both of those, you made a little bit of money. And then he had Max Verstappen to win the Formula One race, which is pretty much the easiest bet of the week every week is yeah. either him or Sergio Perez from Red Bull who have won every race this year. Yeah, when I put the the bet the pick sheet together uh i always see verstappen yeah. every every week verstappen's on there at least at least uh, when when they're racing because it's like uh, and i imagine that right. he is like the the big dog yeah he's a dominant dominant force red bull is the dominant team right now their two drivers have run every race this year um you know and you have some teams making some strides the mclaren team and mercedes have been racing a lot better but they got nothing for him and verstappen just gets out there and they can't catch him. And uh, yeah, his price every week it, it's a marvel. He's you know minus three dollars or so. And I don't like to give those bets out. We don't give out a lot of big price favorites on this show ever, or, or on our social media, or Twitter, none of that stuff. But we do recommend him pretty much every week or, and try to double it up with a double uh, podium finish for Red Bull because those guys are just that good. And, and if you can get around even money on those guys, that's a great bet. I mean, it's it's a, a, a without a mechanical failure, they're, they're, it's, it's I would say 96% chance they're going to finish in the top it, three. It seems like Team Red Bull and, and Mercedes, they're the, the big dogs. Yeah, Mercedes has finally started to come back alive a, a little bit. And as I said, McLaren uh, is making some strides. They were horrible at the beginning of the year, but they were... Uh, 
double top five this week. Mercedes was double top six this week, which is one of the bets that I gave out. One of the few winners that I had as uh, George Russell and Lewis Hamilton both finish in the top six. Ferrari's been the disappointing team. They have good cars. The drivers have been awful. Uh, they've underachieved a lot. And then Fernando Alonso is the other guy in F1 that's kind of a contender. Now, so. is them, like you said, uh, McLaren's making strides. They, they were horrible. And if uh, uh, Ferrari's horrible, is that operator error is that car well i would say in mclaren's case it was the car was awful at the beginning of the year they made a bunch of adjustments to it and they finally got it competitive in the last two races where they're consistently running in the top 10 in the points and then this week they were if verstappen doesn't run off uh there's a chance that lando norris could have won the race for mclaren he finished second uh as far as ferrari goes it's definitely driver driver issues uh charles leclerc and uh, uh carlos Sainz have not been very sharp at all. They've had a lot of mistakes. Uh, I still think their cars are, are pretty good. Like they should be running in the top three, uh, pretty much every single race. But they don't. They they lack it. They're they're falling out of the top six now. So Ferrari, I think, needs to address the drivers. McLaren needed to address the equipment, and they have. So and Mercedes is kind of getting the balance. They have good drivers. Hamilton and and uh, Russell are good drivers, and they're finally getting the cars under them. So it's starting to come alive a little bit. A little bit more competitive in recent weeks. But Max still the man to beat, and Sergio Perez. Uh, right there, and we're going to talk with Sam about that in the third segment of the show today as uh, we uh, are off in Indy this week, but we have NASCAR and F1, and we'll uh, get into that as uh, as they Max Verstappen goes to another track that he's a defending champion. Shocker. But, uh, yeah, up three <laughs> units on the week for us. Uh, I was down about seven, so Sam carried us this week. Uh, I was dreadful in golf. Absolutely horrible. Absolutely horrible. And I don't know if they were just bad picks or the way that the, that the luck fell, but... Uh, Brian Harmon, I should have listened to Curry. Uh, Curry liked Brian Harmon, and uh, Brian Harmon wins it about 150 to 1, 100 to 1. He could have got a great price on him. He's a good player. I just didn't expect him to be able to dominate the way that he did, and uh, it was a pretty boring tournament. So, uh, Brian Harmon, congrats to him. He wins the Open Championship. I was just horrible, as I said. Uh, F1, I was 2 and 0 in those, uh, down about a half to one unit in AFL. Had a, some bad luck in those games, but not not terrible. Uh, NASCAR was not good either. Uh, Sam, again, carrying us as I was 0-5 in NASCAR. Ouch. But off to a good start in World Cup. 6-3 uh, yeah. so far in the World Cup. And Alexander Pop, who we gave out, at, I think around 10 or 12-1 to 1 to be the top goal scorer in the tournament. She scored twice in the first game, and Germany looked really good. So that's a very promising bet that we will look forward to here in the weeks to come. Uh, World Cup is in full swing right now. Uh, USA plays tonight as we record on a Wednesday, uh, they're in nine o'clock. First kick, or uh, I guess, yeah, I guess it's a kickoff. Yeah, a kickoff. We call it in soccer uh, against the Netherlands. Should be a really good game. So we'll look forward to watching that. Not much I can give you as far as that goes, but uh, we'll uh, talk plenty of World Cup. You can be sure and follow our picks. As uh, I'll have some picks for the weekend, then I'll send to Jub, and we'll put them up on social media. Yep, so yep, yep. be aware of those. Um, it, it's a good. The World Cup has been really uh, entertaining. For me so far, I know it's weird times. You're getting up in the middle of the night and early in the morning to watch matches. So um, I'm, I, I like it. It gives me something to do in the morning as I'm, as I'm preparing my day for, for work. So it's something to have on and follow. Um, just looking ahead a little bit to the weekend, Saturday's match. And I'll give these out as official plays. But uh, I'm leaning towards Sweden and under in the match on Saturday morning. Um, I, I think the Swedes are pretty tough. They're going to be very tough to penetrate if you if you know you're the Italians trying to score. I think it'll be a very low scoring game. The uh, 
Note, this is a noteworthy statistic here. Under 16-5 and five so far in the World Cup, Women's World Cup tournament. So that's uh, not really that surprising, but they've been pretty easy. And then uh, both teams to score, no, is 21-2 and two now. Damn. So a lot of shutouts, uh, a lot of games uh, where there's you know just one team scoring the goals. So you're getting favorites. You're getting uh, actually a few of them have been upsets too. And then, then we had a 0-0 draw where neither team scored. Is that so. a normal thing? Uh, no, it's, it's, it's not, uh, but I think, here's what I think. I think that the, in the women's game, I think teams are starting to catch up with each other tactically and athletically. They may not have the talent of the, of the better countries where, you know, to execute in the final third and score goals, but they're getting to the point where they can defend a little bit better. But so they keep the games very low scoring. That, that would explain the unders. As far as the, the teams not scoring, that will probably change. Uh, but teams, Teams tend to sit on leads. Once you score early, you kind of protect. And if you're the better team and you have the early lead, you won't take any chances. You want to win these these groups, uh, you know, matches so you can get a, a better seed when you get into the knockout round. So you're playing a lesser opponent. So it's really important. Goal differential matters a lot. So the better teams, the coaches are going to kind of say, you know, what, we're not going to get all greedy here and try to score a bunch of goals. We'll we'll take our two and and just sit on the lead. So then that leads to the the uh, lesser team having to play from behind, and that's tough for them to be able to execute and score. But the uh, the unders will probably continue on even when the teams start to play each other, the good teams, because then they're able to match each other strength for strength in the game, stay very low scoring. So anything under two and a half in most of these games is probably pretty good, but you can find some value on an over. I mean, there's going to be some overs. You just got to find the, the right ones. So. Yeah, I was going to ask, what, what's the typical line on uh, or, or the uh, over-under? Like a total on? for soccer? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Normally it would be about two and a half. In uh, and, and some of these, you'll see United States, like against the Netherlands tonight, they're, they're two and a half. But like the, the other day, it was like six and a half against mm. Vietnam because they're playing a of a vastly uh, you know underwhelming opponent. So yeah, the higher totals, if you see a high if you see a total that's higher than three or three and a half, most likely there's a gigantic favorite on one side of that. Here's a question for you. Yes. With these, uh, I'm looking at the the well uh, the women's world cup who will win right. twenty twenty three and uh you got you got the, the statue here. What it what would be if you could pick just like if you if you somebody gave you a hundred thousand dollars just a briefcase and said yeah. hey here throw this on something you can't you can't go within the first five within the oh, top okay five. the top five yeah. odds yeah so I got to go outside of you got to go outside like what do you think would have potentially the most value well I'll tell you right now and and they're gonna get a great price because they're in the same group as the United States is the team that the U S plays tonight the Netherlands mm. they're they're the runner up uh, last time. Uh, they didn't play very well in, in the Euro tournament last year, but they had some girls hurt. They are without their top score, but they're a good team. They're very balanced. They'll give the USA trouble. They, they're not gonna, they're not gonna roll over. I mean, they, they played the USA really tough the last time. So I would say the Netherlands at twenty four to one. You're getting a good price on them because people think they'll finish second in the group because they're in there with USA, which means then they'll have to play a group winner, which makes their path very difficult to get out. But if they could somehow even draw with the United States tonight, then they sit in a spot where they could on goal differential. They you know. They're going to end up, they play Vietnam in the last game. I mean, they could score yeah. five or six on them and then maybe win the group. And then that the tide turns on them. And you getting them at 24 to 1 is a great bet. And they would be one of the tournament favorites if they weren't in that group uh, with the United States. Yeah. So I would definitely go with the Dutch ladies. I think they're uh, they're definitely a formidable opponent. Uh, my first, my pick was Germany. Yeah. But uh, for the purpose of this exercise <laughs> yeah, yeah. that you gave me, uh, the Netherlands would be my choice. Would you, uh, so you're telling me don't throw anything on Morocco? Probably not Morocco. Uh, I'll tell you another intriguing one, too, and they played really, really well so far, is Japan. Japan is just tactically sound. 
They're really, really, really? good. Yes, they, they play a, a good brand. They, they attack, they counterattack, uh, and then they're quick strike, and they defend pretty well. The only thing about Japan that I think hurts them in the games uh, later in the stage of the tournament is their, their, their height and their size. Mm-hmm. So on set pieces, they're very, uh, you know, they can get exposed on set pieces against the United States, those types of teams that have big center backs or yeah, uh, central center forwards that big, can play the in the big head. Norse ladies. Yes. And, yeah. Like, yeah. A, like the Norwegian and the Swedes, like, you know, yeah. with some aerial, you know, abilities. That's where Japan um, lacks it. But Japan, Japan is nothing to, to, to look at. Is over soccer here. a big thing in Japan? Ah, uh, yeah, it's getting pretty big. I mean, baseball's their biggest sport, yeah, but uh, soccer's pretty big. I mean, I'll tell you one thing. I'll give you the Japanese people ex- you know, extreme amount of credit for is they support the hell out of their teams. I oh, mean, man. Uh, raucous crowds, and they travel really well. And uh, soccer's starting to, to you know really really gain a lot of traction as they continue to get better. And their, their women's program has been good for a while, actually. They, they were a runner-up in a World Cup probably a decade ago, and they've stayed on par. So they're always a, a team that... Probably nobody wants to play. They're one of those teams that's just a pain in the ass to go mm-hmm. against. So, yeah, Japan is uh, is definitely a contender. I think they, they could definitely make a good run in the knockout phase. But, uh, yep, World Cup soccer uh, well in uh, swing right now. We're starting into match day twos right now. The, I think two groups have played their second days right now, starting into that on Wednesday and finished out through the weekend. And then by the end of next week, we'll be out of the group stage and into the knockout round. So stay tuned for picks on those. We'll have plenty more analysis and insight uh, it's uh it's very fun to watch and uh, just sticking on soccer uh staying with Messi right now yeah the new the, the sweeping the world if if you weren't aware of Messi before this uh, you are now as the United States is getting uh, a taste of how good this guy really is and uh, his his first two matches for Inter Miami have been just tremendous atmospheres and and he has not disappointed he scores late to win the first match that he plays in on a free kick as the game is ready to draw i mean it's literally the last kick of the game uh scores and they win 2-1 and then last night they won 4 nothing. so uh he's dominating and i think he's going to continue to dominate because he's bringing some of his buddies over here uh jordi alba is going to be joining the team sergio Busquets and most likely luis suarez those are four uh three guys that play with him at barcelona uh, they're all towards the tail ends of their career, but they're all still very good. And they uh, tactically, they're going to be so much more talented than most of the players on the field um, in the United States and MLS. So uh, I think you have some value on Messi to to attack some of these markets. That the odds already have have cut been cut down a ton. Inter Miami was about uh, two hundred to one to win the MLS Cup, and now they've dropped all the way down to sixteen. And then to win the Eastern Conference, same thing, around like seventy five fifty to one. Now they're down to about uh, six, no, no, twenty five to one. So the ironic thing is that the Eastern Conference must be so much uh, power rated, so much better than the West because twenty five to one to win the East, and then just sixteen to one to win it overall. So that, that could have something to do with betting pools as well. But it seems as if if, if Messi and the boys would get out of the East, they would have a very good chance to uh, match up and, and win in the against the Western Conference. And the MLS is a little bit different than most soccer leagues across the world. So they actually play like North American style playoffs, like best of three and stuff. And it's different knockout stage uh, rules than in you know in England and Spain and these other leagues. There is no playoffs. They 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 have uh, European tournaments and things, but they don't really have their league. Doesn't actually have playoffs. So um, Messi is a new experience for him. But you can see he's like reinvigorated, and it's really great to see because, I mean, the dude is just so good, and he's one of these people that 
you look at the roster of Inter Miami and you say there's no way one guy can make that big of a difference, but he can because he does so many things. He's not just a scorer, just the way he on the ball attracts five, six, seven defenders and can go at them one on five and and just makes other guys better. For, I, and as a guy that doesn't watch soccer, I know. I mean, I know who Messi is, and right. I know that he's like the uh, you know an Avenger when he comes yes. to like the the soccer world. So it's got to be like it's got to be for him like to to be so adorable by fans and then to have him in a whole new environment where he's going to have a, a huge supporting crowd right. I mean that's got to be that's got to be momentum under his under his wings oh absolutely and I, I don't think he really enjoyed playing in Paris he made the move you know he played most of his career in Barcelona incredibly successful winning Champions Leagues and every other title that you could possibly win wins the World Cup this year uh, you know his first one and uh, and then in his time in Paris, I don't think he enjoyed it at all. I think he wanted to get out of there, and I think this move is great for him. He's you know he's a Spanish guy. He he speaks Spanish from he's from Argentina. He's comfortable in lands that speak Spanish. And South Florida is a very big Spanish yeah, community, and you have a, a ton of South American people now who are, are now close enough to be able to get to see him live. I mean, it was it's tough if you don't have money or anything. I mean, you you know it's tough for you to travel to Europe to see him play. So uh, this is really awesome for the entire continent and the entire hemisphere. Really, uh, you get people coming up from South America all through the Caribbean. You're going to just draw in so many people, and, and I, I bet he does feel at home because in Barcelona, uh, that area of Spain even is a little bit different than the the, re- the rest of the country. It's its own like the Catalonians and the Basques, and it's different parts of Spain. This probably feels more like Argentina. Argentina type home to Messi, and now you could see it in his face. Like his family's pumped to to, to go there yeah. to to be there. Um, it, it's really and it, I th- thought it was funny. Like at first day he was in town, they had videos of him at, at the Publix, the grocery oh, store yeah. down there shopping, <laughs> getting so, a chicken. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. It's it has to be outside of like a Spanish speaking country. This probably has to be the second best place he could go. No to, question. To, to to be part of a community. Yeah, and and to get paid great money, David Beckham lands him. But you know what? They didn't overpay for him, and he. And he could have taken the Saudis were offering him a billion and a half dollars almost per year to go over there. And he turned them down. And, um, you know, I mean, he doesn't need the money, but most guys would would take yeah. that for sure. Seems like it's, it says something about who he is. Yeah, I, I really do think he loves football that much and, and wants to bring it. And I, I think this was kind of always on his radar, finishing the United States, capitalize off the endorsements. I mean, he just I mean, I, I saw him. Uh, LeBron was there. Uh, to see him, and I'm not no LeBron guy, but I, I mean, it was like Messi. Cool. Messi I mean, literally lit up when he saw LeBron. He <laughs> hugged him. They talked for a while. It was neat. I, I, I will say it was it was cool to see that. Um, so I wish him the best. Uh, and I think just getting back to the betting side of things, Inter Miami now is a dangerous team. In soccer, all it takes is one moment of brilliance to to win a match, and he has so many more moments of brilliance left in him. Um, I would not count this team he? out. He's late thirties. Oh man, yeah, he's, good to go. he's got he's got time. Uh, he might actually even be mid thirty, maybe thirty six. I but he's, <laughs> I hope I can move like him. When yeah, I'm and, and and just and, and even in the World Cup, you noticed the ball sticks to his foot literally like it's on a string. And 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 I know people will argue about who the best player is all the time. I I don't see there's there's anybody even close to him. Cristiano Ronaldo is maybe the best goal scorer ever, but Messi all the way around is dribbling his uh you know his build up play the way that he sets his uh, his teammates up uh and and he can obviously score with either foot from anywhere penalty taking uh, and just so cool. Uh, 
But yeah, Inter Miami is a contender. I think they can win the East. I, I made some bets on this myself early, just to try to get beat it before the, the market keeps moving. As more people start to jump on this, uh, I think you're getting some value. They're, they're, he's good enough to carry him. If they get these other three guys with him uh, here in the next couple of weeks, they got 11 matches left, and if they're able to get into the playoffs, anything could happen. And you know, right now he's he's around nine to one to win MVP and 40 to one to win the top goal scorer. Now he scored. Three goals already in two matches. They weren't MLS games, though. They were cup matches, so they don't really count on the total. But the top goal scorer in uh, MLS right now is 13 goals. That Messi can score 13 goals in probably two weeks. Uh, he, could, he can average two a game here, probably. Uh, so I, I think... I think there's a shot at that as well. So these these are definite plays right now, and you're going to want to get them because these are going to keep falling. So uh, I would highly recommend throwing a few bucks. Just, you know, throw a... Throw a roast beef sandwich money on <laughs> on it or something, you know, yeah, just just so, a little bit. But yeah. yeah, so great great stuff going on in soccer right now. It's nice to see this in our country. Uh, the, a player this good finishing his career um, and, and and still doing it at a very very high rate. So it's uh, got to be on your bucket list to go down. I, yeah, that. I want to see him for sure. I, I love South Florida. Um, being a Miami person, uh, you know, Miami of Florida. Um, definitely want to make it down there at some point, or uh, you know, when he gets closer to here, I'm going to definitely make a trip. Can you imagine if you maybe got away from soccer for a little bit, but you were a huge Messi fan, and then you went into public to get like a gallon of milk, <laughs> and you oh, just saw him like walking down yeah, the cereal aisle? I mean, aisle. that that's like, yeah, I, I, I'd I'd probably fall down. Like it, that would be uh, just yeah, once in a lifetime type thing. Yeah, but. get a box of blueberry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah Messi's favorite cereal is Count Chocula. <laughs> Frankenberry, <laughs> yeah. So, good. Best of luck to him. And uh, yes, uh, soccer is a beautiful game for a reason. Switching over to something that's not the beautiful game. Uh, NFL. Saquon uh, Barkley. Uh, he made this big stand last week about the un- the running backs being uh, underappreciated and disrespected, and they didn't get any money. And wah wah wah. And then he goes and signs a one year deal with the Giants for like. Two million more dollars. It's like, uh, and he kind of left the other guys kind of hanging. The other guys that were holding out. So, um, don't really know how much of an impact that'll that'll have on on the Giants. Uh, don't really care that much. But we're uh, we're getting close, job to NFL season. Oh, it's it's only uh, you know it's less than uh, about a week away from uh, the Hall of Fame game. Training camp starts today. Uh, people are getting excited about it. I'm not, but uh, I know you probably the are. No fun league. Yes, yeah. no fun league, as Champ says. Um, but, yeah, so we're going to be talking plenty more NFL. Coach will be making his return and some of these guys that absolutely love football. Hey, and, and then you're going to be making your return to high school lines yes. for football. Yes, we will. Uh, for those of you who've only ever watched BLS or the podcast, uh, check us out on the radio. We do uh, the high school lines from around the Ohio Valley, all up and down the river on Ohio and West <laughs> Virginia side. And uh, obviously, we don't take real action yeah. on it, but it's very fun. Even you get involved, Job. You usually make some yeah. uh, great prognostications <laughs> based on mascot and you know which mascots are going against each other, that type yes. of stuff. So yeah, if you're interested in getting some uh, you know betting talk about the high school football around the area. Uh, check us out on WKKX, The Watchdog. We're on there seven hours a week uh, from Monday, Tuesday, Thursday currently, but we may be moving to Friday from Thursday for Football Friday specifically. And uh, stay tuned for more action at the Pine Room Studios. Woo-hoo. You can find all that out. Uh, you can follow us on social media all over the place or call in the show and yeah. you know tell us you're listening and, and ask any questions you want. Uh, just a couple other things, highlighting and off-season stuff. Penguins still trying to get Eric Carlson. 
Still working on that deal. Hopefully they do. That will really help them and their power play. And uh, they're going to be a, a live team if they can get him as far as maybe being able to win the Metropolitan Division and uh, make the playoffs make a pretty deep run. If they don't get him, it's going to be uh, probably another difficult year. Uh, let's see. Justin Herbert, Nick's guy, quarterback for the Chargers, <laughs> signs an extension. He's now the highest paid quarterback in the NFL. What's um, he making? Oh, I don't even. I don't even look at it anymore. Hundreds, <laughs> like hundreds hundred, of yeah, just absurd. I mean, I thought Mahomes getting a half a billion <laughs> if you, but like he now makes more than Mahomes as the ninth paid, highest paid guy now. So it's just whoever's up for the contract next is the highest paid guy, just based on inflation. Too bad in the real world, like jobs where I work, they don't ever adjust us for inflation. Yeah. <laughs> you just you get what you get. That's the way it's going to be. Uh, Hall of Fame game, as I said, August the third. Uh, Browns and Jets. So maybe Chris is going up. Uh, Browns and Jets, uh, are, we'll uh, talk about that. I, I have an early play on that. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time, but I'm sure we will discuss later. Uh, under 33.5, I think, is a really good bet here. This is Thursday, August the 3rd. So I guess that's next Thursday. Yeah, next Thursday, um, Kevin Stefanski and his team are actually down at the Greenbrier right now. They're doing their training camp their first week down there in, in West Virginia. And uh, they're getting ready, but he's already said none of the none of their main guys are going to play in this game. So I think under is going to be a great bet. And Aaron Rodgers on the other side for the Jets. I'm doubting he will see any action in this game. If he did, it would be nothing more than a series. So I think under 33 and a half, you're going to have a lot of guys trying to make these uh, make the team for the the Jets and the Browns. And I, I don't think it's going to be a really great game. Uh, these I think last year the, the game stayed in the 20s. There's been a lot of unders in this Hall of Fame game. It's tough. You've only been practicing for like literally like 10 days, and then you got to go play a game. So it's it's definitely not a well played game, but it gets people's juices flowing for football. And uh, I'll be betting the under and just uh, hoping that the clock just runs and the time runs out really fast. So. <laughs> We'll talk plenty more about NFL. We'll have our division previews and uh, all that stuff, our season-long win total bets, which I gave some of those out a few weeks ago. If you wanted to get on those early, we'll get Chris, we'll get Coach, we'll get Luke in here, Cooley. Uh, They can run down the analysis of of each of their teams and uh, hopefully give you some winners. And then college football. we got 31 days. I'm sure your dad's waking up every day more excited by the moment as uh, we get near near college football. I... uh, there was a couple of games I thought that week one were, were semi-interesting to me, and I don't even know where my paper's at. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not missing it that much. But, uh, yeah, so we're getting we're getting very close to that time of year. Yeah, okay, San Jose State and Notre Dame were two teams I thought in week zero were, were worth a look. Notre Dame laying 20 at Navy or at home against Navy. That might be a neutral game. And I like the over in that game of 49 and a half. And San Jose State is a game that your dad gave out on the radio that Schneid Dog gave him. Uh, San Jose State catching nine at home. They're supposed to be much improved. And then looking at week one, I really like UConn getting around 16 or 17 against NC State. UConn improved a bunch last year. And they'll be dangerous at home. I think they play NC State very close. And then Utah, minus eight at home against Florida. Florida replaces the quarterback. They got a lot to replace. Utah, very tough place to play. So we'll be taking a shot with the Utes. Uh, I'll recap all these as we get closer. But uh, those were a couple of games that stood out to me. On the radar, I'm, I'm not – you guys know by now. Um, and people think, like, oh, Matt hates football. Like, I just – it's just not the product it used to be. The college game is with the transfers, and uh, you basically know who's going to win it all. Like, I can just tell you, like, Georgia or Alabama Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Is there going to be, like, the, the Max Verstappen of, of yeah. college football? It's it's basically you have, like, two or three teams. So you have Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. pretty, And then Clemson had a down year last year. But if they come back up, I mean, that's your top four. At least three of those four teams will be – in the playoff 
So it leaves no no chance for so, a team to make a miracle why run. Why is it like that? Is it just because players come and go and and stuff like that, well, or they buy them? What, what, right. Well, now with the with them. the well, they more or less they can buy them. They're actually able to legally buy them anymore because you're getting the uh, name, image, likeness oh, yeah, money yeah, that they're yeah. getting. So then that just makes it even tougher. Now a lot of people thought that would level the playing field. But if you're going to get money to go to a team that continues to win, why wouldn't you go there? Like you know, you want you want to help your brand. Going to Alabama and going to Georgia and going to Ohio State, Michigan, uh, you know, Clemson, like those teams, that'll help you. I mean, that's going to make you a millionaire before you even get to the NFL. So, yeah, uh, it, yeah, looking at the sheet, I'm just uh, at the regular yes. the regular season wins. Uh, Alabama at ten, uh, Michigan at ten and a half. Um, Georgia at eleven and a half, so that seems like that, those right. are the three. Yeah, now where's Ohio State? They got to be at least ten and a half, eleven and a half, or they? Uh, even, see I don't know if they were even on there. They might be on the back. Oh, yeah, Ohio State back. ten and a half. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. Uh, Georgia has a really easy schedule. It's actually laughable. Um, if they don't get to their win total, it'd be shocking. But they do have to replace a quarterback, so that's never easy. Um, Alabama will definitely be close to going over on theirs, and yeah, you you really only have. Uh, like three or four teams, you know, USC's trying to get back in the national yeah, I was spotlight. Say, I noticed them, and then uh, Washington at nine and a half. Yeah, with Michael Penix, they're they're uh, they had a good year last year. People are expecting them to take a step up, but Penn State at nine and a half. Yeah, Penn State will be good. They played the Mountaineers the first game. Uh, really, really good defense for Penn State, and if they can improve their offense at all, which has been bad for years, uh, they'll be a contender. At least then, a Rose Bowl contender. Then uh, Bay's Longhorns, yeah. Texas at nine and a half, taking a lot of steam on Texas. People like them, uh, Coach then, Sark. The, what are you thinking on our Mounties at <laughs> four and a half? I mean, they were picked last in the Big Twelve. Uh, they're using that as the disrespect card, but they don't have an easy schedule. I mean, they got to play Penn State and Pitt out of conference. I mean, those aren't easy. Big 12 is not a great league, but man, the Mountaineers don't have a whole lot of talent. I'd like to see them do all right. I don't. I think that Neil Brown guy's an all right guy. I just don't. Yeah. I don't know. A Mountaineer sports right now is ugh, a little iffy. Here's a question for just a betting question. Yes. Will these season wins? Will these shift at all? Or are these lost yeah. set in stone? So no. So here's how those will go. Um, They've moved as much as they'll move right now. So what happens when you post these things? So like I got these ones off from from Circa. My, ours are pretty similar where I work. But uh, what they'll do is they put these up, and then the pro guys who have their their power ratings who spend their entire year on this stuff, professional betters who just bet college football or pretty much predominantly college football, they're going to come and they're going to make their big bets. They're going to come in and they're going to bet 10k on Maryland over or 10k on Louisville over and. What that'll tell the bookmakers is, all right, maybe I'm a half game too high or low on this because this comes down college football and pro football. You can literally go through the schedule. It's a little, it's a little bit different than like in baseball and in even in basketball. You're playing so many games when you're only having to concentrate on 12 games a year. You're looking at you can spot. Okay, this is a guaranteed win for this team. So you can almost go through the schedule. Find, uh, you know, we'll just say, we'll say Louisville, for instance. Say they have, like, you got six games they're 100% winning. Well, that means that out of their other six, they only got to win two more. Those are three, two to get you a push, three to get you the win. So then you start looking at, okay, how, how close are they with this team? Could they win this field goal game? You'll take a shot. 
And and that's how these guys rate them. So then they're coming in and they're saying, oh, they they have Baylor set at seven. I have Baylor winning at least eight games. So bam, that's going to be an over. Yeah. Or I have Baylor rated. They have really tough schedule, and I have Baylor only winning five games. And then so that'll be an under. So the the original when these are get released around March Madness or a little bit after that. So actually, probably more towards the summer between March Madness and uh, late spring, like baseball season almost. Uh, you'll you'll see these posted, and then kind of like the pro money will show. And then it stabilizes. So these will stay like this. Yeah. And then late, once training camp starts and maybe injuries or a guy gets pissed and transfers, or then they may adjust a little bit. So yeah, that's how. In, but they only going to shift it like yeah, a half, yeah, half game. Not go down. Yeah, I mean, now, now for instance, like Northwestern, I mean, they fired, they had a debacle with the program. The yeah. coaches fired and all that mess. Uh, you know, that may, you know, cause them to drop it a couple games or you know a coach gets fired or a player like Jim Harbaugh just is going to get suspended for four games from Michigan won't matter they play four garbage teams at the beginning of the year but uh yeah in instances like that where you'd have a, a coach on the way out or you know the quarterback leaves or something then yeah you could see a jagged spike but most of these no you're going to see because we don't want to have to move these if we don't have to so you're you would you would see us move them to like uh where where you'd have like uh, BYU for instance uh, five and a half is theirs into the over they're even money to the under they're minus one twenty well if steam come in on BYU for the under and you know instead of dropping it down to five maybe we make it minus one fifty minus one sixty mm-hmm. on the under instead of having to move the number okay. so you'll see uh, juicing will be done in those uh, circumstances where you don't want to move it because you get the pros out there if they have they'll they'll middle these so if you have if you have the a pro guy comes out and bets uh, Iowa under uh, eight, and and then it ends up going down to six or five and a half, and then they'll come back and play the over to, to try to get it right in between. So if Iowa wins seven games, they win both sides of right. it. So you have people looking for that, and that and you can do that too. So there's no reason you don't have to be a professional to bet like that. It's just these guys have capital, they have investors, they have. It's easier for them to lay money on long term bets, whereas the regular guy. He's betting to survive week to week yeah. so he can bet with his buddies. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but yeah, plenty more college football talk to go. Uh, we'll uh, have our analysts here in the studio. So, uh, have fun, get involved. Contact at thepineringpodcast.com. Follow us on social media for all the action messages. If you got questions you want to hear us talk about anything specifically, please do. And then, last thing here in segment one before we take a break baseball. Ooh. The Orioles go into first place in the AL East. The Rays have really been struggling. They lost again today to the Marlins. Uh, things are not looking well for the Rays, and the trade deadline is next week. So if you if you have some teams that you have a hunch that may get involved, this is the time to pull the trigger. This week is really important. This, this weekend series, this is it. I mean, these teams are deciding right now. You have millions of dollars on the line, not just from a betting standpoint, but in these actual franchises is are we going to sell off players we're going to trade or and then look for next year like so many teams should or are we going to or do we think we're a player or two away from being able to legitimately make it to the world series or at least to the championship series of our particular league so uh some teams that i thought that should absolutely be sellers uh begin with the pirates and we'll get sam's thoughts on this uh i've been saying for a while i think the pirates should be sellers People were looking at, at Bednar and Mitch Keller and Santana and McCutcheon and any other guy on the team that, that, that can stand upright. Rich Hill, I mean, the, the ancient one, Rich Hill, is still getting some action. So the Pirates should be making moves right now and getting ready. If they think, if they're going to 
say, you know, back up what they've been telling us that 2024 and 2025 are their years to make a serious run in the National League, then they've got to move these pieces and get guys back. I'm not saying you trade for prospects. You may mix a prospect in, but you can get a guy who's a major league ready player. Teams have other needs. If you have a need that they, they have a bullpen need and you can get David Bednar and say they have three really good uh, something else, like I say, whatever, an outfielder. That's, that they have a fourth outfielder that's yeah. as good as any uh, starting outfielder you have. Get that guy back. These teams will part with with assets on their big league club to try to win now in areas where they're weak. And that's bullpen, starting pitching, and there'll be a few teams that are looking for bats. You know, your, your teams that can't hit, Cleveland, Miami. I mean, they, they, these teams need bats. So uh, each team will attack it from a different perspective. But sellers definitely, would, to me, would be the Pirates, the Mets. Uh, I think the Yankees should be sellers. They never will. They'll never admit they would be sellers. But uh, I think the Yankees are pretty much done without Aaron Judge. The Padres, uh, they've said they're not going to sell. They have a lot of money invested, but they got Josh Hader and Ian. Uh, no, I almost said Ian Snell. <laughs> Blake Snell. Yeah, definitely don't get confused with Ian Snell. He used to pitch for the Pirates. Uh, Blake Snell, both up uh, contracts are done this year, so they can walk at the end of the season. I think both of those guys get moved. They'd kind of be silly not to. White Sox will have a fire sale. I think they'll trade off at least three of their pitchers and pretty much any bat other than Luis Robert in their lineup. Um, the Cardinals, I think, pretty much teetering on the, on the brink. They they made a nice run after the All-Star break to kind of give themselves a second thought about selling, but sounds like they will. The Angels, I don't know what they're going to do with Otani. They should move him because they're going to, if they don't, if they aren't certain they're going to resign him, they're going to lose him. And if you just let him walk away, it's going to be terrible. At least you can get some stuff back, try to build for the future, but it's really hard to replace a guy that's that good. I don't think you could ever get enough value back in return. Uh, I think the Marlins should be selling too. They got a pretty decent young nucleus of pitching and defense. They can't hit, and their bullpen needs some work. They're falling out of it. They did win today against the Rays, but they've slumped since the All-Star break. Teams that I think are buyers think the Orioles should buy a little bit. You don't want to mess up the future with that great great core of young players they have. So I think they'll be looking for, for an arm or two. Uh, bullpen is pretty solidified, although last night's game was a terrible loss uh, as Bautista wasn't available and uh, they had to have Cano close and it didn't work out. Texas is definitely going to be a buyer. They're all in right now. They're going to be looking for the biggest names on the market. Anybody that's available that's a big name, Texas will probably try to get their, their contender seriously this year and next year. I think the Red Sox are going to be a dark horse. No one's talking about them. They're getting ignored. They've been in last place most of the year, but they still have a better record than more than half of the the, the league that they're playing. So I think they're going to be dangerous. They're, they're above 500. Uh, they're, they got some pieces they can move. I think they're in on Otani. I think they'll, they'll give a run in him. And I think they're going to end up making the playoffs, whereas I think the Yankees and Rays are the teams that are trending downward. Toronto, definitely another contender. The AL East is so good. Toronto has been great of recent weeks. Uh, lost a tough one to the Dodgers last night, but very good team. If they add a piece, uh, maybe one more arm, a little bit of bullpen help, they got the lineup in defense to get it done. Astros probably need another bat and maybe another starter. They're, they haven't gotten quite the performance you were expecting, but they're a playoff team. They turn it on in September and October, and I don't expect that to change. The Reds will be in a little bit. They don't want to mess their young core up, but they're good enough to win right now. They could win the National League if they get maybe a a pitcher uh, that could help put them over the top. Uh, Bullpen needs some work. The Cubs, I think, are a team most people would consider them to be sellers. I think they should buy. They're not that far out behind Milwaukee and the Reds, and and, and those – you know they're they're within striking distance. They have some games left. They can make make it up in that really bad division. So 
Cubs, I think, are one. Maybe take a guess on them, and you could get lucky at a good price to try to bet them now. Um, and, and they could add some assets, and you could get a really good price on them to win the the uh, NL Central. And then I think the Giants are a team. They've been looking to add a big bat for a while. They tried Aaron Judge. They tried Carlos Correa. Fell through with both of those. They'll uh, they'll be in on Otani, I think. Uh, Dodgers definitely they'll be after everybody big, so don't don't count them out. Teams that I'm not sure about. I don't know what Atlanta will do. They're really good. They don't need to add a whole lot, but maybe they want to bring one more arm in. The Brewers never seem to make any trades at the deadline that are helpful to their lineup. They always seem to go for pitching, which they have a pretty good starting rotation and their bullpen's really good. So they need a bat. If they got a bat, I would like them a lot better. And then the Phillies, uh, huge payroll. Great lineup on paper. They haven't performed like it. Uh, you know, shown some signs of coming to life. They probably need a, another big time pitcher and, and some help in the bullpen. But if you can make guesses on these and you're right, uh, you can get value. Bet the Blue Jays right now to win the AL East. I don't think that's impossible at all. Six six to one. Uh, Orioles still plus money to win the division at plus one fifty. The Guardians right there with uh, the Twins in a really bad AL Central plus two seventy. If they made a move, maybe got a bat and they're they're, they're right in the mix. Astros plus one twenty five to win the West. I think they make you know track down the Rangers. I think it's going to be a good battle. And then even the Reds at plus one ninety to win the Central against the Brewers. And if the Brewers don't make any moves uh, and get another bat, I think they're very susceptible. So, uh, yeah, that's about it uh, on first segment of, of Better's Last Stand. Been good so far. Hope you're learning something. Jubs in, enjoyed his time. I think. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've I've learned more than I, I would normally do if I was just like doing nothing. Today. Soaking up the knowledge. Yes. That's what we're trying to do here. But we're going to take a break. We're going to come back, talk a little CFL, hit on some golf, uh, Big 3 basketball, and the TBT right here in Wheeling. It's Better's Last Stand with Matt and Jubb. We'll be right back. Reminder, Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand, segment two. Matt and Jub here with you in the beautiful Pine Room studio at WKKX, the Watchdog, downtown Wheeling. Uh, been an exciting day. We had a UFO, a UA, UAP yeah. uh, hearing on Capitol Hill today. Interesting stuff. Uh, check that out. Yeah. Listen to our show, our radio show and a podcast. We talk more about that kind of stuff. If that interests you as well as sports betting. So, yeah. Uh, you know, it, it's pretty cool to think about guys flying around in the sky and uh, things that people have seen. It's remarkable. I wonder if, like, uh, before the next hearing, if you could make a line on whether we'll, whether uh, they'll reveal if uh, aliens exist. You could put that line out there. I, I, I love it. Uh, I love it. I don't know if we're, how we'll ever find proof of that. I think there is proof out there if people want to expose the, the, the truth. Uh, I think they're just afraid of the way people act. But yeah. I don't know. There's got to be something out there. Uh, I've probably seen a few aliens myself. We, we mentioned that a lot. <laughs> yeah, they're on the corner. We just don't know them. Uh, you know, they could be, uh, you know, driving their ships around town. Champ could be but an alien. He very well could be. I think they would really <laughs> like him up on their planets, uh, wherever they would take him. I think he would be... A wealth of knowledge. I think they could learn a lot from him. His uh, 
his manners, his etiquette, you know. Yeah, his, his very clean. Right, uh, man, right. Yeah, very, very clean yeah, etiquette. He's a sharp-dressed man. He's a ladies' man. I think that would carry well on whatever planet they were they were taking him <laughs> to. But, uh, yeah, so if you see any aliens driving around town, uh, give, them a, give them a hay. And uh, if, you, if you can't find an alien driving around town, you could surely find an icy cab. So yes. call one of those. Set up your, uh, your pickup, your delivery, Italian Festival this weekend. When you watch the show, actually, when this is coming out, we'll be down there. We'll yeah. be down there live. So stop down and see us noon to three, right over by the Beer Gardens. Uh, Job will be here in a nice air conditioned studio yeah, while the lovely. rest of us be sitting out in 95. But uh, yeah, call IC Cab 304 232 Range your ride for the weekend. Italian Festival, Grecian Festival, Marshall County Fair, uh, TBT. Everything's going on here in Wheeling. It's the place to be. So call IC Cab today. Set up your ride, and thanks to them for everything they do for the city and for us here yeah. at the Pine Room Studios. Uh, let's stay on the TBT. Uh, the Best Virginia team narrowly Boy, wins last night. We were that? sweating that out. Uh, we, you know, we wanted to be able to talk about it. We have some of the guys from the team. Chase Harler's a friend of the show. Uh, been on with us several times. We wanted to have a couple of them guys maybe down on Friday to talk about it, but uh, they they survived last night uh, narrowly against Dubois Dream. Uh, hit a three at the buzzer. Well, not a buzzer, but it's played to a set score with that Elam ending. So they hit a three, a walk-off three, so to speak. Uh, Eric Stevenson, a player from the Mountaineers this year, hits it in a pretty – it was a pretty packed house. Job, did you see some of that on, yeah, on uh, social media? I was actually shocked because I, I, when I went to get tickets for our giveaway, that third – uh, the third section right. up top I saw had people been walked up off, and then I guess they had to open it up. Yeah, and, yeah. But well, that's uh, a good thing. It seemed like a good atmosphere, and uh, Best Virginia survives. They don't cover. The game stays under, and now they're going to take on uh, Heard That, the Marshall team who beat the Zoo Crew eighty six seventy one last night in the final game of the night. Best Virginia minus five and a half. The total one fifty two and a half on that one. So. Uh, by the time you listen to this, you'll know if Best Virginia is in the final on Saturday. And then if they win Saturday, they got to play another final to get to the Elite Eight, so to speak, as Chase uh, laid it out for us when he was on our show a few weeks ago. They'll be taking on the winner of the Syracuse Regional, which is the very heavily favored Bayheim's Army, named after the coach Jim Bayheim. So that would be really cool if the Syracuse guys got to come down here to West Banco on Sunday. That'll be a really incredible game. And uh, I think Best Virginia would probably be a slight underdog in that game even though uh, they would have the home crowd advantage so uh, we look forward to that tbt is heating up you're going to start seeing better games they're all over tv espn plus they'll be on the bigger networks on the weekends as these regionals start to wind down and you can find betting lines at most of the books throughout the state of west virginia and ohio so enjoy that while you can uh jumping over to uh cfl canadian football uh keeping people going who are Football-only betters here in the summertime. You had the XFL, you had the USFL, and now you have the CFL. CFL is a pretty good league. It's three downs. I told Champ that the other day. I said, you know they only have three downs. No way! <laughs> I said, yeah, you know the CFL's been around for a long time, and he's never even thought to give it a watch. But, uh, yeah, so CFL action kicks off on Friday night. You got Hamilton visiting Ottawa. The Red Blacks minus four. The total 49 there. Uh, I'm going to lean towards Ottawa here in the over. Uh, I think they're just a little bit too good for the Tiger Cats at home. Tiger Cats 
have played a little bit better recently, but uh, I'm not sure they can go on the road here and win in Ottawa. Uh, that's uh, Brenda's team, probably. She's She lives in Ottawa. Although, you know what? She's probably a Calgary Stampeders fan because she, she likes the Calgary Flames in hockey. So uh, if you don't know who Brenda is, uh, check her out, Horrifying History. We had her on our show a couple of times. Probably have her back down the road. She does a really good job with uh, literally Horrifying History yeah. podcasts. It's uh, very informative and uh, a nice change of pace from sports whenever you get kind of frustrated with baseball and all the other monotonous stuff that goes on in the sporting world. All right, Saturday, Saskatchewan, the Rough Riders, visiting the Toronto Argonauts. Argos, minus 10, total 47 and a half. I'll be leaning with the Argos here, but I don't want it. If it's any higher than 10, I'll be staying away. Um, lean towards the over in the game. Both these teams have pretty good offenses, so we'll uh, give a shot with the over and lean Argos, but don't go. I wouldn't go up to 10. We had a game this past week. It was... Uh, Let's see, what game was it? It was hit right on the number. Oh, BC. Yeah, so BC I gave out last week minus the nine, nine and a half. I said don't go any higher than 10 and hit right on 10. So if you got it early, you won. If you got it late with the 11 and a 10 and a half, you lost. So hopefully you <laughs> listened to the show and hopefully you got it in in time. So uh, every little point matters, especially around those key numbers, 6, 7, 10. Even in Canadian football, those numbers can kind of uh, you know ring true, although you do have one point, ability to score one points on the extra points and stuff in 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 uh, Canadian football, which you don't have in uh, American football. All right, BC Lions at the Edmonton Elks. This is a Saturday evening game. Uh, Edmonton is a eight-point home dog. They're they're the worst team in the league. Total is forty-three. I'll be leaning under here. I think Edmonton's defense is actually you know decent. They're, they they can play with these other teams. Their offense is not very good. So we'll be going under forty-three as the Lions visit the Elks, and then on Sunday, seven o'clock kick, the Calgary Stampeders visit the Montreal Alouettes. The Alouettes minus two and a half. The total forty-seven and a half. I'm going to be taking the road dog in hopes that this game gets up to three or three and a half. So wait around a little bit, see if you can get three before you bet it. And I'll be taking the Stampeders, and I recommend the Stampeders. Um, Job, have you ever watched the CFL before? I, I've never watched a game before, but is it this? I mean, it's the same kind of layout it, it, as NFL. It is. The field's a little bit longer, uh, so you'll see. It's it's uh, I think 120 yards. It's it's extra. So like the yard. The yardage things may will confuse you because like each team has its own fifty yard line, whereas in oh, so our football, the fifty yard line is dead even in the middle of the field. Each team, so, so like they a, have a fifty five yard, yeah, so, like a no man's. Lane. Yes, it's <laughs> yeah, it's, yeah, right. It'd be like a neutral zone almost, <laughs> and then their end zones uh, are a lot bigger, so that makes up for you know more area. Their goalposts are like in, in a dangerous area where a guy could like get harpooned by <laughs> one of them. But other than that. Uh, they have a few distinct rule differences would be the three downs, obviously. Yeah. Uh, a few things differently on scoring, about blocking kicks and stuff you can get points for. And uh, maybe the most, if for a football person who was like an X and O guy, maybe the, the most distinct difference would be their guys are able to move motioning like towards the line of scrimmage. So they're actually getting a running start from the backfield. They can, ah. as long as they don't break the plane of the you know neutral zone where the ball is scrimmage from. So yeah, so you'll see some weird things like that, but the principle is still the same. You're trying to you know get first downs uh, and score, uh, but you only have three downs to get 10 yards instead of four. It's so. like Coke and Pepsi. Yeah, it's, it's, it's very similar, but... A, a, few small differences that's a good comparison all right let's jump over to golf as i said i was horrendous in golf so maybe you don't want to be watching uh, my golf picks or listening to my golf picks but uh 3m open decent decent uh tournament not not the best field uh usually after a major guys will take time off especially coming back to the states but you'll you'll see some some guys that you recognize as they head to the tpc twin cities in blaine minnesota um this course is interesting you got a lot of a lot of water 
and it's, it plays really long. So, it, you know, lots of hazards in areas where guys can uh, screw up and have bad uh, bad uh, holes. So the, the 18th hole here, uh, last year it was scored as the hardest hole on tour in the entire PGA Tour. So uh, there's some water, there's some bad spots. It's a par 5 in, in one of the hardest holes in all of golf. So don't count it out if you have a guy uh, down a shot or two heading to 18 on Sunday. uh you never know, so you know, stay alive. Don't throw, don't burn your tickets yet. If you're down a couple shots going into the last hole, the leader could run into some trouble on the 18th. A uh, few guys I like, some of the top contenders right now. I like Hideki Matsuyama. Mm. Feel like his game's been decent lately. Um, I think this is a, a tournament that he definitely could win. It's pretty accurate, and this this is a kind of course I think he he could score all right. Sepp Straka, maybe the hottest guy around right now. Uh, been playing really well. Played great last week at the Open. Uh, won a couple weeks prior to that over here in the states. I think he's live at thirty to one, and uh, Gary Woodland at thirty five to one has had a pretty solid year. Won the U.S. Open a few years ago. Hasn't had his best form, but is starting to get back into that form uh, in recent months. So we'll be taking a look at him. Those are the three top guys that I like, and then a few guys at a little more of an advanced price because we're always trying to find value. And I'll put all these up on social media for you. You can look at them. And the good thing about golf, you don't have to bet these all. If you meant you're obviously this show is coming out on. Friday, so we already have a round under our belts, but that's okay. If there's something that you you, you like here that I give, uh, you can still bet it into the weekend. You may get better value on it heading to the weekend. So um, if you like a guy and I like a guy and you think that's worth it, you might want to fade him. You might want to go against me, but if you want to go with me, uh, there, there's still a definite potential. But I'll have these up on social anyway, so you'll be able to get them in before the tournament if you choose. Uh, a little bit better prices. Adam Hadwin, 40 to 1. I like him a little bit. Uh, Aaron Rye, 50 to 1. Lucas Glover, 51, has been playing pretty well. Eric Cole, this young guy, he's had a really good season. He's due to, to have a breakthrough. He's 55 to 1. It's a good price. And Tom Hoagie, 65 to 1. Uh, solid season for him. Um, he's a pretty accurate guy, and I think this is a course that should suit him very well. Very big bombers. I got two of them. Grayson Sig, he's a young guy, 90 to 1. And then oh, Chez Reevy. Chez Reevy, 100 to 1. He's probably. Uh, not a great number for him. Like that's that should actually probably be about sixty to one for Ches Revi. He's a good player. Uh, his game's starting to come back and played played better here in in recent months. So I think Ches has a shot at a hundred to one. I got two two things. Okay, two or well, first one. Two, I don't know why I started with two first. Uh, one, <laughs> uh, just for the sake of looking at this list and picking out two names. If you yes. want to, if you want to put with me, I'll put two bets on the sheet. Yes, this week. go for it. Gut bets. I'm going like to go it. with Bo Hostler. <laughs> And I'm gonna say, hopefully, I say this wrong. Nikolai Hogard. Yeah, Hoygard. Hoygard. Yep. I'm gonna go with those two. Those are my two. I I, I like both. Of Bo Hostler I, a couple of years ago was like a really hot and up and comer, and then he had some injuries and stuff. But he's starting to get it back together. And uh, Nikolai Hoygard, he, he's he's been good in Europe, and I, I like him. I, I play him quite a bit. And then so. uh, my second question here on this list. I don't know whether this guy, uh, he, maybe he's, he changed his name like the weekend. Uh, the field, <laughs> minus 150. What? <laughs> yeah, so what the field is, uh, the field would be, so it, it, this is this is from our book at Wheeling Island. So every guy listed on here, any guy that's not. So this tournament has more guys than this. Oh. So you get the rest of the guys. Now it's at a reduced price. Now I disagree with most people and say the field is, the field should always be favored because you're getting so many more players. That's you're probably what I was going to say. But I disagree with that. I, I feel like if you look at golf tournaments, although last week does prove me wrong, uh, the top guys, you know, not the very top, but like within the top 
50 to 60, usually your guy in there is going to win. But uh, I get it. We price it that way because you're getting so many different yeah. options. So, yeah, that's the field, Mr. Field. He's anybody, <laughs> anybody but those listed there. So when you're looking at any book anywhere, uh, if they don't list every player, which very few do, Circa, uh, I think the Westgate maybe, but in West Virginia you can get them on the apps. You can like DraftKings; they'll have every guy, so you can get that. You won't have a field option there, uh, but other books, uh, in-person books, you'll see a lot of them have the field as an option. So uh, be aware of that. If your guy's not listed there, you get the field. Uh, but you can do if you want to come. Um, I I I don't. I feel bad when somebody if somebody has a really good opinion on a guy and he's not listed here. Uh, if they come to me, I'll I'll make them a line on the guy. I'll oh, give them a cool. better price because I hate I I mean just speaking from experience, I don't want to bet the field at minus one fifty. Yeah, because I I, mean, there's a guy I like, it's a big bomb. I, I want I want his price. You yeah, because wouldn't a guy that's not on the field, wouldn't he be like like yeah, like uh, a lesser like a, caliber, like a to one. right? He'd be going to be long priced. Now we have some guys that bet the field every week, <laughs> and they, I guess they think that they're getting some kind of I I don't. You're laying money. You're laying one hundred fifty dollars right there to win a hundred if the guy wins you're winning 100 and i mean i know you got like 80 guys but like they're not going to be the best 80 guys so no if you if you want to price on on any of that stuff uh i'll i'll get that for you anytime at wheeling island sportsbook so stop over and see us if you like uh golf and you're in your in the field has given you issues in the past to uh we'll help you out with that so uh best of luck in the 3m open i'll have those uh posted on our bls uh twitter's twitter page uh bls underscore prp no, is it PRP? BLS underscore PRP. <laughs> Jeez, I couldn't remember. Yeah. Or at the Pine Room Studios, you can find all that stuff. We retweet and like everything that the other account does, so you'll see everything. All right. Jumping over finally here in segment two. Actually, we got two more things to do in segment two, but we're going to go through big three basketball. I I've, I've just haven't been able to get a handle on this stuff. Uh, the games have been really good, and I enjoy watching it. I just have had... I've had I had a little bit uh, more success this week. I think we were around 500, so maybe starting to, to see it a little bit better. But uh, you got uh, week number. This is week six here in Boston. This week it's starting to heat up. This is down to the the last couple of weeks of the regular season before they get into the playoffs. But I urge you to give it a watch. It's pretty fun. Uh, you know, basketball product to watch. Uh, just a couple of games. I won't go through every game, but uh, on at four o'clock tip on Sunday at uh, TD Garden, the triplets in the killers. I like that game over 90. I think both of those teams capable of scoring some points uh, when they get going from the outside, they can, they can light it up. So I thought 90 was a little bit low, but I see why, because both teams defend pretty well, but I think they'll kind of neutralize each other with the, with the good offense. And I think that's a game that's probably going to be nip and tuck. So I don't think it's going to be a game where a team is going to be able to uh, put the other one away uh, very quickly. So we'll go over 90 there. And then the power in the enemies is a five o'clock uh, tip. And we're going to go with the enemies here. The enemies catching three and a half against the power. The power are very good. Uh, the enemies have been a little bit up and down, but I feel like they're they're a team that I liked from week one. I thought they could be dangerous in the playoffs. So we'll be going with the enemies. And then in the uh, seven o'clock game, we got the Ball Hogs against Bivik, and uh, we'll be going over ninety one and a half in that matchup. I think both those teams can score a little bit. And again, I think it'll be a close game. So you will have it kind of extended. You'll, you'll get a very tight game where, you know, teams got to win by two. So it could uh, drag on a little bit. And then the aliens um, in the, in tri-state. Now the aliens have been a team I liked last year a lot. They've disappointed me They They haven't won yet. They, they, they've been just terrible and they haven't broke 40 except for one time this whole year. So that's a problem. Um, but, 
I think ninety and a half. I think we're getting a little bit crazy on these on these totals, and we're going to give a, a shot to the over here. We're going to take a shot that the aliens can break forty finally, and that Tri State uh, will score about fifty six or so. so. I, I say uh, all the stars have aligned to uh, prove that the aliens. aliens exist. So right. I would take them this week. Maybe maybe, maybe that's just in my subconscious is why I always bet the aliens <laughs> and they've let me down. But they're basically like, I think they were named like that because they're like, they're a bunch of guys that are like uh, foreign guys. So I think oh, that's why good. they named their team like that. So yeah, but uh, you know, I was the aliens fan. I, I, I uh, Like I said, I bet them a lot last year. They were, they were a good cover team, but uh haven't really got much traction this year, so hopefully they'll get in the win column against Tri-State and put that game over again. We'll have these picks on social. All right, the final couple things here in segment two. Uh, we talked uh, we talked about all the, the things that we previewed, CFL, golf, Big 3, TBT. Now it's time to hit my favorite sport, Aussie Rules. We're going to nah. blow through that real quick, give you, give you a few winners. Uh, it always starts my day off with a, with a smile when I'm watching these Aussie Rules games early in the morning. So hopefully you t- tune in, have a coffee, watch uh, watch Collingwood and Carlton go go at it on Friday morning. So these are Friday games. You won't get this one in, but I'll have it on the social media anyway. So if you checked it, maybe you had a winner last night. Let's hope so. Or early this morning, so to speak. Carlton at Collingwood. Collingwood is the top team in the league. They are coming off a really, really good uh, game against Port Adelaide last week. They won by two. It was an exceptional game. I watched the entire thing. And really, two heavyweight, you know, two heavyweights clashing. Uh, greatly enjoyed the game, although we had Port Adelaide didn't turn out well for us. Port blew a huge lead in the fourth quarter, and Collingwood came back to win it. But Collingwood is pretty good. I give them give them some credit. They have a couple of young players that are that are about as good as it gets in the league, and they could be a team to reckon with down the road. Uh, they are the favorite right now, the betting favorite to win the the grand final, and they are a fifteen and a half point favorite here against Carlton at home. Uh, 158.5 is the total. We'll be going with Collingwood uh, minus the points. I think they're just far superior to Carlton. Although you got to watch in this spot as a little bit of a letdown after they beat Port last week. So maybe maybe a little bit of a you know a scary spot. So I think if that if that game goes up, if it goes up to where it's near 20, I might stay off of it. But I do like the under. I think Collingwood, uh, they're, they're very good on defense, and uh, they control the ball a lot. So I don't think Carlton will have much of the ball at all. Carlton needs the game. They're, they're, they're trying to get in that eighth spot. They're ninth right now. But uh, I just don't think they can beat Collingwood on, on, on even the Collingwood's worst day. So we'll be going with the Magpies. Uh, 11.45 Eastern time on Friday. So after you get your IC cab ride home or you're at the bar still, 11.45 kick or easier, bounce. These are your boys. Yes. Free Mano at Geelong. The Cats hosting uh, the Dockers. The Cats need to win. They're, they're eighth place right now. They're 9-8-1. They need to, to, to get in that top eight. I think they're going to be able to do it. They're, they're better than most of the teams that are around them. But they need to win this game at home. They're 42.5 point favorite. 168.5 is the total. I think the Cats roll it up here. We'll be taking them minus the points. And we're going to go over 168.5 as they look to uh, get themselves in the finals. They're in eighth place. Yeah, they're, they haven't had a great year. They've had a lot of injuries. Uh, I think they got a little complacent. They, they, they've kind of just been going through the motions. I think they're waiting to try to turn it on, but sometimes that doesn't always work. So yeah, Looking at that line, you wouldn't think they're in eighth place. I yeah, think. no, I know. And, and even if Fremantle hasn't been very good this year, but 7-11, you know, they're only two games better in the win column than Fremantle. You would, you would not think. But Geelong is a team that's been power-rated 
uh, a little bit better, kind of based off last year's numbers than this year. But I still think Geelong's going to be very tough to fuck with in the playoffs. Like they're <laughs> they are not a team that you're going to want to play. So uh, if Geelong can get up in there in the, in the top six, I think they'll be even more dangerous. Uh, all right, let's go stay on Friday night, uh, 11:45 Eastern. Uh, bounces for this one as well. This is a great game. Uh, GWS, the Giants at the Western Bulldogs, the Doggies minus nine and a half. The total one fifty four and a half. This is a really good game. Both of these teams uh, fighting for that last spot. I think Western's going to be in. They're in fifth right now. Uh, both teams ten and eight though. This this is a really really good matchup. GWS has won six in a row. They've been playing. They were their backs were to the wall. They had to win out almost to make the the uh, grand finals or the finals, and uh, they they've done everything they need to do. So now they're in a spot. They kind of control their own destiny. They keep winning. They're going to be in. I'm going to take them getting the points. If this thing gets up above ten, I'm hopeful it will. I'll be jumping on uh, GWS to to keep it or you know a one score game. I think it would be a really good game, and I'm going to go under. I think. I think this is really a tightly played game. Both these teams want this game for seeding to make sure they're in the playoffs. Uh, I think it's going to be a really good match to watch. So we'll be going with uh, GWS at uh, you know ten or better, and then we'll be going with the game under one fifty four and a half. Jumping over to Saturday, 2.35 a.m. This will definitely be when you get your icy cab ride home. You'll be <laughs> staggering in through the door to watch Brisbane yeah, you, and Gold Coast. You're not going to see the end of this game. <laughs> Maybe Even not if, if you are. It'll look <laughs> yeah. out. Could be trouble for you in the morning. Uh, you might be down at the Italian festival looking for uh. a greasy funnel cake at 9 a.m. <laughs> Soak up the booze. Uh, let's hope. But, uh, yeah, call icy cab. All right, Brisbane at Gold Coast. Gold Coast has really, really hurt me this year. They were a team that I really liked. They're in 14th place. Uh, they got absolutely murdered last week by the Giants. Uh, doesn't look any better. Brisbane playing good football right now. They're they're playing well even out of town. Usually they don't play great on the road. 21 and a half. I'm a little leery of laying it with them on the road, but they have proven that they can do uh, you know a, a little bit better on the road than they have in, in the past. So I'm going to be laying it with Brisbane, I think. I don't want it to go any higher than 21 and a half. And then we're going to take it under, 164 and a half. Brisbane usually is not a team you would you would uh, associate with an under. But Gold Coast is so bad on offense. Um, I don't I don't think they'll be able to score very much against Brisbane, who's improved on D. So we'll go Lions and we'll go under in that matchup. Sydney at Essendon, 525 a.m. on Saturday morning. The Swans, two and a half point road favorites, 172 and a half. I don't understand this line. I think the Bombers are better. Uh, the Swans uh, last week they they basically made every kick imaginable. I don't I don't know how on earth they uh, and I made a note of this. Uh, the the game they played against the Dockers last week they literally made everything. We had the game under, of course. I gave that out. They made every single difficult kick you can imagine. Uh, they won't do it this week. So we're going to be going against the Swans here. We're going to take the Bombers. I'd like to look at them on the money line. If you can get a couple points, take it in under one seventy two and a half. No way, Sydney kicks the way they did last week. It's impossible. Uh, next game, the Power. Port Adelaide lost two in a row. They visit the rivals across town at the Adelaide Crows at the Adelaide Oval. Port will be laying three and a half on the road. It's basically a home game for both teams. 173 and a half the total. Be going with the over here. I think this heats up. This would be a really good contest. Uh, Port Adelaide just better than, than the Crows. So I'll be taking them. I think you get a great number on them. I'd bet Port Adelaide all the way up to even almost 10. Mm. So they're three and a half right now. I think that number will go up. They're getting healthy last week was a tough one for them but i think they'll get it back in the wind column they're going to be pissed off uh and and they're going to be coming so i still count port as my favorite to win the win the the entire thing uh come playoff time uh the nightcap on saturday st kilda visits hawthorne two 
teams. Uh, Hawthorne actually got in the win column last week, shockingly. Uh, St. Kilda also in the win column, but both played subpar opponents. St. Kilda 12.5 on the road, total 160.5. I can't lay that points with them. Hawthorne's scrappy enough they could cover, and St. Kilda does not have a good offense. So we'll be going under 160.5 in that game. And then we got two on Sunday, 1.20 a.m. That's basically Saturday night for you here in the Eastern Time Zone. Richmond hosts Melbourne. Uh, the total 166.5. Melbourne laying 12.5 on the road. They survived the Crows last week, Melbourne did. Did not play very well. Um, Richmond was down the 37 in, this, in the fourth quarter and came back and won wow. uh, last week. So uh, they really uh, are showing some you know signs of, of, of resilience. Richmond was dead and buried, and now they're all of a sudden a playoff team. They're, they're sitting in a spot where they're, they're uh, if they could win out and get a little bit of help, I think they, they'll make it in. So I, I don't love them here, but they are at home. They're pretty good. So I'll, I'll lean Richmond taking the points. If that line goes up past 12 and a half, I would definitely take them. And the uh, game over the total, Richmond really kicks it well at home. And Melbourne probably has the best offense in the league when it's clicking. So we go over in that game. That's my best play there. And then we round it out with the worst two teams in the league. 2.40 a.m. North Melbourne, the Roos at the West Coast Eagles. Kangaroos minus 3.5 on the road. Total 168.5. Uh I, the North Melbourne's won the last three in the series, so I'll be picking them. Think they can get the job done. West Coast is just so so bad, but we could be going under one sixty eight and a half years. I think both these teams would be so desperate to win a game, they're going to give their very very best effort. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that rounds out the AFL. We're into round twenty. A few more weeks left. Five games, I think, left, and then we'll be into the finals. So, uh, should be should be a good uh, last few weeks. You got five teams trying to fight it out basically for like the last two playoff spots. So excitement who, on the horizon. Who, who right now is your, your, uh, your, your lock, your I, burial. Well, I like I, as far as the, the, the overall to, to win the league in the playoffs, I I'm still going to go with Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide and Geelong would be my, my two picks there. I, I just don't think Collingwood is quite good enough to be able to win. But, uh, I mean, this is going to be really good because the, the, the Brisbane lions will be tough. Uh, the demons are going to be tough. Uh, you know, even even Western, the Bulldogs, I mean, they're dangerous. You don't want to have to play them. I think this will be the best playoff finals that they've had in a long time as far as even teams go. So you could see some some upsets and there. And then your, 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 your sleeper, your dark horse, who could possibly... Who could make a run in the yes. playoffs? Yeah, uh, I would say uh, maybe GWS. And as I mentioned, Western. But those would be teams that are a little bit under the radar, uh, sitting around like fifth or seventh place. That could be dangerous. And and, and really, it, it, if Richmond played well enough, they could. And and even Essendon. Uh, there's there's a few teams. Uh, I, I originally at the beginning of the season, my team for that role was Gold Coast, and they've been just terrible. So <laughs> I'm gonna have to burn my Gold Coast shirt. But anyway, all right, that does it for uh, AFL. Um, couple other things cross-sport betting i talked about it last week when you're trying to find parlays and things like that start utilizing max for stopping um and, and even messy now uh with all the different markets you're going to have available for him to score and do these things you're going to be able to get parts of your parlay that are like not i'm going to say locks but really good value picks with, with greatness basically with Verstappen with Messi uh, WNBA you have two teams in the liberty and the aces that are probably going to win the entire thing i, I wouldn't see wouldn't Maybe the Mystics, but outside chance. But most likely, one of those teams wins the NBA, WNBA title. So putting that on parlays and then matching up with Georgia to win the college football national championship or Ohio State and then adding uh, somebody to win the American League pennant or the 
NL Central, or you can do these, do three or four legs, and you'd be surprised about how big these payouts can get, which we're just throwing five or $10 on them. So experiment with those. Use a couple of legs in there that maybe you wouldn't have thought of. Uh, like I said, F1 with Verstappen, uh, Messi, and all different things, whether it's to score, whether it's just Miami to win a match or to score over a, a one and a half goals, whatever. you got a bunch of different options, and then Aces and Liberty. So uh, try to craft up some future tickets. You can put five, ten dollars on these things, and they could pay you know thirteen, fourteen hundred. Some of them, if you get a really good opinion in a baseball or NFL, even a division winner. I mean, you you could win you know ten thousand dollars on a very small bet. So uh, hunt around for those. And then uh, when you're doing the World Cup, I noticed that a lot of places when they're doing their pricing, you can find value on the very almost the identical bet. So if you're looking through and you see uh, both teams to not score. Um, so we talked about that BTTS. Both teams to score no, or both teams to score yes. If you're if you're looking for the no, and it's minus two twenty or so for the no, and then you go and you look at oh Brazil is the favorite in this game, the game that whoever Brazil's playing, it's minus two twenty for both teams not to score. So that means most likely Brazil will shut them out. You can go and find Brazil to win to nil, which is the same thing for. 30 cents cheaper so you find minus 190 so look for those they're out there if you look through soccer if you can find them in baseball too where it's almost the identical bet only it's just priced differently because of the way it's being being bet into or and that small percentage that brazil somehow would get shut out by the team that they're you know, minus 10,000 to beat. That seems very unlikely to me. If you think that's going to happen, then you're better off betting that team at the huge price or betting the draw for, you know, if, if they would draw a scoreless draw or tie one, one, you still get a really good plus price. So, so if I see nil, like if I see, uh, 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 uh that, what you just talked yeah. about, nil over the, the, uh, BTS, right. I'm getting the same, more value for no, yeah. no higher. So you're, Right, you're, you're exactly you're you're laying a dollar ninety versus a two hundred twenty dollars. So I mean, even though it might it's thirty dollars or thirty cents, however you want to look at it, every every little dollar, even if you're putting yeah. that on a parlay, you know that every few cents makes a difference on there, and you're basically getting the same exact bet. Uh, with like I said, it would be like if Vietnam played the United States, <laughs> you know, and both teams to score was you know uh, no minus two twenty, which would probably be more than that. Uh, and then you just get USA to win to nil, and and that's and you can get a better price on that. And it won't always work that way. Other times you'll see the win to nil is is the higher price, and the in the BTTS no is the better price. So hunt for your value, match bets up that are the exact same thing or close to. It's not the exact same bet, but more or less when you're when you're dealing with a heavy favorite, it, it tends to be because you're looking at then a team who's a giant underdog being able to, to win and score against this team. It's very unlikely. So anyway, if you're looking for those kinds of things in your parlays or your straight bets, I advise uh, hunting through them. And if you have questions, contact at thepioneerpodcast.com. Call us on the radio. Shoot us. Send us a, ma- a snail mail yeah. letter. I don't know if we've ever gotten one a, of those We need before. a P.O. box. Yeah, give us a P.O. box. But anyway, we're going to take a break here on BLS It's Matt and Jub with you, and we are going to dial in our man Sam from Upper St. Clair. We're going to talk about uh, racing, get his thoughts on the Pirates and some other baseball-related stuff. It's Sammy P. After the break, it's BLS. Matt and Jub with you here in the Pine Room Studios. We'll be right back. Reminder. 
Better's Last Stand is for informational and entertainment purposes only. All wagering activities should only be conducted by those 21 years of age or older and within the confines of federal, state, and local law. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, contact 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-426-2537. You're watching Better's Last Stand. All right, welcome back in. Better's Last Stand, segment number three. We got Jub, and now we got Sam. It's uh, What a day here. I, I'm really happy about this. Uh, normally, it's just me and Sam holding it down. I talk to myself for like an hour and a half, and I'm always really pleased when he comes on. But Jub's been a great sidekick today. Sam, welcome to the show. As usual, for those of you who don't know, Sam is our racing and everything sports analyst here on Better's Last Stand. So we appreciate his time after a busy work day. He's probably sweating his ass off out there and his excruciating heat although i don't know maybe maybe your conditions aren't that terrible compared to your old career but uh yeah it's it's warm nonetheless out there how are we today sam matt conditions are worse than the previous occupation Uh very hot very sweaty but other than that life's great got two beautiful faces to stare at and talk to for a couple minutes so i got no complaints well that's good we're we're glad to have you uh you're 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 following this pirate game right now as they're taking on the Padres. Uh, just typical pirate baseball, huh? Matt, it is typical pirate baseball. We got two one lead going to the top of the seventh. That means nothing. It's a nothing nothing ball game essentially. <laughs> good chance we lose. Go right. box. But the good thing is they're playing the Padres, and the Padres have been just about as bad or worse than the Pirates with a gigantic payroll. So that's the positives. So we'll we'll see the positives in things, but. <laughs> Uh, speaking about positives, you had a nice winner last week for us here on the show with Rome, Denny Hamlin. Rome. So uh, getting getting us into the positive column, because I sure didn't. Uh, it was a horrible week in golf and NASCAR for me. Uh, but no, you, you saw right through it. You had, uh, you had a nice winner with Denny. You had uh, Dixon, double top fives in Iowa. Uh, and then obviously Verstappen, <laughs> that was the hardest pick he made, <laughs> like it is for us every week. But uh, yeah, so what uh, thoughts on the uh, on the race last week at Poconos? Denny gets his seventh win on the big triangle. I would say, fellas, I got a little lucky, as Matt, you know, the race results. People aren't too thrilled with Mr. Hamlin right now, <laughs> but like my my gut instinct was like, ever since Denny Hamlin said, "I'm stepping it up," I'm I'm gonna start driving better every week. He's done it, and the writing was on the wall. Hamlin was gonna win it. I got a little lucky. We'll take it. Sometimes that's that's racing. Yes. Get a little lucky. You absolutely need luck and and literally like the cliche goes you it's better to be lucky than good and in racing that's definitely the case uh with Denny getting win number 7 there at Pocono uh it was a good another good race. Uh it, NASCAR's been on a good run of of good action lately. Exciting finishes which is good for them. Yeah, they're on fire. They're actually they've been pretty much I would say toe to toe with IndyCar and my excitement level because right. like we've been saying F1 first lap it's done right it's over right and then Jub At Jub actually had some options. Jub had some great questions about uh, F1 uh, earlier so uh, we'll, uh, we'll have him uh, ask you kind of similar ones here in a minute but uh, let's let's go ahead and uh, recap the uh, the IndyCar uh, your boy Newgarden who, who's now maybe maybe he's got some signs of life for the championship he sweeps at Iowa. Um, you had uh, Scott Dixon with the two top fives, which is nice. Uh, so back to back winners there. If if people had them, um, he he uh, Newgarden cuts into the to the lead of of Pelot in the championship. Pelot now minus twelve dollars. Newgarden six to one. 
Uh, thoughts about the races in Iowa? Did you were you able to see much of either one of them? Matt, I was able to catch a majority of both. Okay, I don't I don't get this race at all. No, me either. It's the weird. first one, Matt, day one Saturday, five cars finished on the lead lap to end the race. Right. What the fuck is that? Yeah, no. that that's not I mean, normal. Yeah. So if you do the math, that would be 23 cars that were not on the lead lap. I mean, I think that that's just embarrassing. Right. And it was just dominated by two people. It was dominated by New Garden and Power. Power was right. good all weekend. He just couldn't couldn't figure it out, man. Right. I thought they were good races, though, but I didn't understand. You, it's so small. Right. And what do you do? You attribute that to just the those cars were set up so much better than everybody else's. The front pack and and it. There was not a lot of cautions, and they, they were able to just, you know, get, uh, navigate lap traffic well. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's not an easy thing for Indy cars. No, it was just weird. It just seemed like 10 laps in, they're already, you know, there's already cars down. Right. They're already so it's like NASCAR would be like Bristol, like some of the right. old, the old yes. days Bristol where you had like guys literally Daryl Waltrip towards the end of his time was down a lap before the race started almost. <laughs> Right, so it was just odd to see. Uh, New Garden was just, he was dominant. Yes. Absolutely dominant. There's no other way to put it. Yeah. Uh, well, do you think he has any chance of, of tracking down Palo for the championship, or is that still going to be too tough? It's tough. He's 80 points away, but he's he's the only person, realistically, that's... Right, right, two-horse race. You know, close. No I mean, Dixon's 120, and Erickson's at 330, so... Yeah. If it's not New Garden, it's Palo's title to lose, essentially. Yeah. He's he's in the Hitachi car. Is that is that right? He's his his sponsor is Hitachi. Joseph Newgarden. That, that is correct. Yes. Job. He did Isn't win two races in the Hitachi number two. Don't they don't they make vibrators? <laughs> I'm sure they do. They do a lot of electronics. Ran so well. They they're they're definitely in uh, the electronics. I don't know about that segment <laughs> you of didn't electronics. See that at Best Buy. I mean, maybe TVs and cameras and stuff, but. Uh, yeah. Job. I, I actually, I'm on a conference call with Joseph Newgarden later. I'll ask him. I'll ask him why he ran so well on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. Why were his legs shaking after Jeez. the after the race? Oh no. Oh boy. All right. And then um, here's a couple questions I got for you about about oh. IndyCar. I don't know much about racing, and I'll ask both of you to this. What are the main differences between F1 and IndyCar? Money. Yeah. The car is smaller. I mean, realistically, it's just money. The car is smaller, different design. That's like the main three things I would say. I mean, the teams are bigger in F1 because there's more money. I would say that those are the three main things that separate. Yeah, I mean, you have you have the the Indy cars. Um, they're able to race on ovals. Uh, the 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 F1 cars would like. <laughs> The guys, if they crash, it would be instant death. They'd be dead. Like it, They'd like be dead. the power and stuff of the of the F one is just in another level than than the Indi the F one cars are really kind of designed only for street. I mean, they have they have the most power and speed of any of the cars in any type of racing, really, of the three main circuits anyway. But they uh, they they have to harness the power by having them on street type yeah. tracks and uh, you know road courses. Whereas Indy cars, uh, you know, they're able to go top speeds on ovals. Indian, Indianapolis isn't really an oval; it's more like a square. But you know, some of the other ones, Texas and Michigan, and then some some oval racing that you see, which you'd never be able to see with open wheel F one cars. So yeah, those are, and then obviously, like Sam said, the crews and the money. Although there, I mean, the the crews and the and the teams in uh, 
and and uh, IndyCar are really good. I mean, you got Roger Penske and Chip Ganassi and the McLaren team, and they're they're starting to get some traction. But the F1 right now is is sweeping the world as the most popular racing circuit. All right, so Joseph so, Newgarden, he's the he's like the is he like the Verstappen of F1? Well, no, because Alex Palou, who had won what Sam four or five in a row prior to this week, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Alex Palou, jo- Joseph Newgarden is like the pretty boy, right of. IndyCar. Prince great racer, great guy, but he's got like that look. When you look at him, you'll know. But if you know, if I can send you a picture of him, right. you know exactly what I mean. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm a first time IndyCar better, and I'm want to throw some shackles down. Give me somebody best bang for my buck. Not a not not somebody that's gonna not somebody that's that's uh, like uh, uh, not a no brainer, but somebody that's right. not uh, a, a, what, what a, a common a common. Uh, dominant driver. Give me somebody that 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 might come out of the woodwork. So like in in so they don't we're off this week, but like in Nashville, you're looking for a guy. Like for an instance, like if we'd have identified Christian Lungard one two uh, two weeks ago at like a hundred to one. So like yeah, that's the kind of guy you're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, Sam. Do you have any early thoughts on Nashville that you could give Jub a big sleeper? Uh, I you can give new, out some good new, ones. New New Garden, it is his home track, so a lot of people are favoring New Garden. He's got the momentum, but I mean, I, I like I like my my go tos, my Dixon's Award. You know, yeah. I I haven't crunched the numbers completely. Right. I did a little looking, but next next week I'll, I'll crunch the numbers. Maybe okay. Renus VK. He he could be Dane. He he's always good if he could ever How show about up. Talk him a Sato. Oh yeah, well I don't even know is Sato. He'll probably be in that race, but uh, yeah, he's he, he just job like it's weird like a. A driver like him, he's only racing ovals right. for Chip Ganassi. It's it's hard to explain. Yeah, so he's like abbreviated schedule. It, but he's though. only racing the specific. Yeah, but he is good. Yeah, and he's won the Indy 500 twice, so he's definitely good. But yeah, so yeah, you can find some value though in Indy, but they 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 are a little top heavy because you you got uh, um, Alex Pillow and then Newgarden and then uh, Dixon right right there. But yeah, like Sam said, Will Power is really good, can win any time. Marcus Erickson is really, really good. Uh, you know, Pato Ward. I mean, you got a lot of good guys. And, and, and even when you see like uh, um, Alexander Rossi every once in a while show up or Felix Rosenquist, I mean, it's, it's definitely a deep colony. So hopefully uh, we'll uh, be able to find you a good winner next week at. Uh, at Nashville, uh, and obviously Sam's boy is is Stingray Rob. We're waiting for him to break through uh, and get a huge the, win. The fifth, the fifty-one. What if you were named Stingray Delbrook, Joe? Matt, did you see when I texted you? Yes. Just Stingray. Yes, Stingray. Incredible. Unbelievable that his wheel fell off. <laughs> As only they didn't Stingray even put the can do. On. It drove away, Matt. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, Stingray seems like he's got some Stingray. excitement. I guess that's why he's named Stingray. But yeah, so we'll talk uh, About plenty. A lot of Stingray, bro. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So we'll talk uh, plenty more IndyCar next week as we head to uh, Nashville. And again, the the championship race probably going to be uh, Pelos to, to win. Uh, but New Garden at least cut into it with back to back wins. So all right, let's stay in the open wheel. Let's go to uh, F one. I uh, was talking to Jub earlier about uh, about how dominant Red Bull is and uh, just how good Verstappen is. And he was asking me, and this is a good question. So, Jub, ask Sam the question that you asked me about uh, 
the Ferrari and uh, and and uh, I think McLaren just about how their was it their drivers that were yeah. letting them down or their cars? Yeah, so because uh, we were talking about how because I make the bet sheet every week in in Team Red Bull and Mercedes those those are like the the look the names that I'm used to seeing and Matt brought up uh, uh, McLaren and Ferrari. And my question was: Is it is it is it user error? Is it the driver that is is bringing that that club down, or is it the is it the, the car, the build, the make, the model? Where are we at? That's tough. That is that's a very actually a very good question because the, I think the answers are different for each team. For like a Ferrari, I think a lot of it is user error. Yeah, exactly I really what do I said. It's, it's not that they don't have the funds. They have the funds to get any driver they want. Yes. Like Matt, last year, they'd be driving, they'd be driving, they would crash. Yep. One would crash. And then, you know, you'd have the occasional engine blow up. And <laughs> yeah. And that. McLaren, McLaren, it seems like more of a money and, like, technical issue because they've been saying they've got these drivers, they're so talented, and then this and that. And in these last three weeks, we'll say, yep, it's been everything that we've heard for two years of this is the talent. What happens when you get them in this type of car with this type of money? It's been proof. Top fives, both drivers. Yeah. Pretty much unheard of for McLaren. So it's, those yeah. are my answers. Those are great. I mean, not to say it's great to, we always agree, but yeah, we kind of did. Uh, I said that the McLaren seems to have made improvements throughout the season to now they're actually showcasing where their drivers weren't really the problem at the beginning of the season. And it's now showing that if they put an adequate car out there, these guys are all right. I mean, uh, you know, Lando could have maybe won the race last week if it wasn't for Verstappen. You just take him out. I mean, he maybe is the next best car. And then that same exact answer for Ferrari. It, they, their equipment is not it is not indicative of, of how good they are right now. Their equipment is actually really good. It's their drivers that are definitely letting them down. And it's been like that really the last two years. Last year, they were actually even better than they were this year. And they had so many mistakes. So, yeah. I'm with you on that one. Uh, it, it it is nice to see though McLaren getting up into the top five and six now. Uh, you know, three two three weeks in a row because now you have Mercedes in contention, double top six for them. Red Bull's back running like amazing as always, and then you got McLaren and then you got uh, you know Fernando Alonso hanging around. But yeah, I think I would say the most disappointing team this year has, has been Ferrari in in my estimation. What do you say? And then you and then you saying that Matt, I have to ask. Can McLaren catch Ferrari in the points? Well, I, I don't see why not. Now they dug Do you themselves. Think it's possible. They dug themselves an extreme hole uh, with the way they were running early in the season. But I would say yes. I'd say they have a really good shot because they got a lot of momentum right now. And if they uh, if they can continue to string together and not have bad luck, each you know, it, it's inevitable. Even though you start putting it together and maybe your car is well, you know, running well, you may have uh, you know a hiccup here or there. But no, I don't see why not. Uh, they're there right now. They have the most momentum of any of the teams, other than Red Bull, obviously. And then I would say Mercedes is third. So um, heading into this race this week uh, in Belgium, uh, Verstappen defending champion, shocking. Uh, Sergio Perez finished second. So Red Bull was one two here uh, last year. Carlos Sainz was third. Russell and Alonso rounding out the top five. Uh, Sam, have you? identified anybody that you really like this week. Uh, Lewis Hamilton crashed here last year. I think he'll probably run a little bit better, but is this just Verstappen versus everybody else as usual? I think it is, and I have a, a crazy top 10. I've been sitting Ooh, on it for two like days. It. I've been thinking about it. This guy and Matt, it has to do with the Williams team. Oh, jeez. Alex Albon. All right. Look 
her a top 10. It's wild. It's absolutely wild. He, he this year has impressed me a lot. And I can't even believe I'm saying that. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is, Matt. I, I, I was thinking about it last night. And I was thinking about it today on my lunch break. And I was scrolling through my phone. And I saw a picture of Alex Albon. And I said, know, yeah, I'm going with my gut. My gut is telling me Alex Albon something this week it, it's going to be good or bad okay well he finished uh 10th here last year so that's that's good and uh job for for a guy that's not aware of f1 the williams team as is a you know a team that's been around for a long time a lot of history but they have not been very good in recent years but they're showing some signs of, of slight improvement they they're actually finishing ahead of ferrari guys a few weeks ago somehow but uh no so alex albon maybe maybe he's the guy for a dark horse top 10 Matt, I've got to ask you, and Jub, if if you're going to pick a team to cheer for in F1, it can't be this Alpine team, okay? Matt, <laughs> what is going on? Uh, I have no Me faith too. in them. I, I actually I actually kind of liked them last year. I, I, was, I was using them quite a bit in, uh, you know, top six, you know, markets and things like that, but I haven't bet them since maybe the second or first or second race of the year. I've just got off them. They have, I have zero confidence in that team. I, I don't even mess with them at all. They're terrible. It's just like a matter of which one's going out of this race this week. Right. One yeah, of the other. Right. Just flip Alpine. a coin. Yeah, just first first uh, team to retire. That might be Alpine. That might be the way to go every week. What did you think of uh, Daniel Ricciardo? I thought, it was, I thought he did pretty well. Yeah. It's like P13 is good. I know he started 13, but it, my question in my head is just like, where would Nick DeVries have Right, finished? right. Honestly, is it 16? They keep saying, oh, turn one. If he didn't get bumped turn one, he could have right. been in the top ten. Well, could have, should have, would have. He's P13. So, yeah, I, I, I like it. I think it's good. Yeah, I think he's stabilized enough. You know, that that team's not had the greatest stuff. So, I, I think him to just hold where he was is probably a pretty good, pretty good start for him. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be on to better things and probably in a different cockpit uh, sooner than later maybe. Yeah, that that whole race was weird. Like Lewis losing those positions on the first lap, right? And then right. Joe Guan Yu starting fifth and finishing sixteenth is. Yeah, no, I, I'm not sure old Joe's going to have what it what it takes. Uh, ever since he survived that bad catastrophic accident, I kind of was pulling for him. I was hoping he'd be doing better, but uh, him and Yuki Sonoda both, uh, to me, are at like a pivotal spot here. I don't think they have. A whole lot of time left if they don't start to make some headway but it's not always their fault they're kind of stuck uh on teams that maybe are letting them down a little bit equipment wise do you think those guys hang on for another year in f1 it's gonna be tough yeah it's gonna be really tough i just i feel like now there's so much everybody wants a team now the money is so much that they're just gonna be cutting guys if you don't perform you're done right how about valtteri botos yeah, what a fall from him, grace that I he's mean, had I know Mercedes not too driver to this. I know. I and, you know he was winning that's races you, like get, two, three years ago. One. Yeah, he's winning a couple of those he races. Awesome, man. He was like dominating in those. If if Hamilton wasn't getting them, and it was him right before Red Bull got on the scene to be dominant. I mean, it, yeah, Valtteri Bottas was arguably you know right there with Lewis Hamilton. Right, and then Jub to your question you previously asked that would be an example of what your money can do for your team as opposed to maybe your driver's not as great. Because, you know, you look at Valtteri, he goes to a team with less money, he's not that great, but this team with all this money, look right. what they can do for you. 
Yes. So to circle back there. Yeah, and you see a lot of that here. I mean, you, you even saw it towards the end of Sebastian Vettel's career. I mean, if he's in a better ride, I mean, he's still he's performing better than he was at the end of his career. Fernando Alonso is another example. He finally gets in a, in a better car this year, and he, he's been very good. Couldn't agree more. All right, uh, so let's let's pick it. Is it Verstappen? You, so you're so you're big. You're big uh, under the radar pick is yes. Alex Albon, and then do you think Max wins the race as usual? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think Max wins easily. How about? And I think Sergio's going to have another good running as well. I agree. I, I think he's he's right. He's going to be right there. Uh, all right. So who does better, the tandem of Hamilton and uh, George Russell, or uh, Piastri and Lando Norris? McLaren versus Mercedes. I think Piastri and Norris. Okay, you're riding McLaren. Dude, Lewis Hamilton's got this 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 rain cloud going over him. Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Does. Well, he better, he better do weird, better than man. last year. Yeah, yeah, he had a rough start. So I last year we, I think he was. I don't even remember. I feel like he wrecked really early in that race. Did it say how many yeah, laps zero. did he ran? Oh yeah, it was on the first lap. Yeah, yeah, that was. Jeez, yeah, I say he didn't even make one circuit around this place last year. So, well, I expect a little bit better of an effort out of Lewis uh, this this weekend. But we'll we shall we shall see. Uh, but a good good pick there with Alex Albon. I like that. Maybe he uh, he's a guy to to look at in your matchups when you're getting ready for the Belgian Grand Prix this weekend. All right, so let's jump over to NASCAR. Uh, round us out here on Better's Last Stand, the Cookout 400 at Richmond uh, again. NASCAR seasons went fast. I feel like we were just at Richmond, but here we are again. Um, a great track. Really enjoy this track. Lots of potential winners here. Um, Kyle Larson won in April. Hendrick ran one, two. Josh Berry, I think, was second in this race uh, for yep, that, in, in, in for Chase Elliott. So take note of that when you're betting. Josh Berry was in relief of Chase last time. So most likely Chase will have a live car here, and he needs to win for the playoffs. Uh, we keep saying it, Sam. We've said it for like the last three or four weeks. Jubb's boy, Chase Elliott, needs to win to get in the playoffs. There's a lot of guys that probably are going to need to win their way in here. Uh, it's getting down to crunch time. It, it's go, it's now or never, and then Kevin Harvick is still looking for uh, a win in his final season. Uh, thoughts on that stuff, and, and can any of these guys get it done this week? Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Matt, you said at the beginning of the show that NASCAR, these last four or five races, they've been on a roll, man. They've been really good races, and it's like it's everything you want. You want this drama. You want people fighting for these playoff spots, especially when they're not all filled because people are going to be wrecking. They're going to be driving aggressive. That, that makes you tune into these yes. you know, end-of-the-season races, which is great. And I love it, man. I love that Elliot, a fan favorite, needs a win. Jubby, your guy. Give him a te- <laughs> send him a text. Fire your boy up. Tell him. <laughs> Pedal to the floor, baby. Yeah, stay off the snowboards, Jay. <laughs> that's yeah, probably the first leg, advice because that's why he needs the win. He'd be in probably on points. He's that you know he'd be one of the top guys. But yeah, uh, I I like him though. I think he's worth a look. He's never won at Richmond, but he's sixteen to one. I mean, you're getting again. We keep saying getting great value on him, and, and Logano keeps dropping about two bucks every week. He was twenty to one. Now he's down oh, no. to twelve. He's got two wins here. I feel like he had momentum last week. I feel like he raced well. Uh, you know, he, he had well. He did until his fucking hood had to go up. But he wins <laughs> right, stage one. Right. But he almost wins the week before at New Hampshire. I mean, Logano's got to break through here. So he's going to probably be my number one pick here. Uh, what say you on Logano? I love it, Matt. But I'm I'm afraid to I'm afraid to say that 
crazy words of I'm out on Joey Logano because I know what's going to happen. Right. He's going to win. Yes. You can't get off win. of him he's now. Good. He's very good. Yes. So I think I think you're correct. I have him highlighted on my, my sheet. I had a tough time picking a winner for this one. So who are, who are some of the guys in the mix on your, on your card? Truax, the favorite right now. Kyle Larson, second choice. And then the last week's winner, Denny Hamlin, third. It's six and a half to one. See, and I only have one of those. I only have Truex. I agree. My other people, my other ones on my list are William Byron. Okay. Christopher Christopher Bell. Yes, like him. And and Kevin Harvick. Mm. I mm-hmm. think Kevin Harvick can get it done. He's been racing here for so long. He's won here a bunch. Yes, four wins, eighteen top fives. And uh, Matt, I need I need some opinions here. I, I also got, a, maybe a Gibbs top ten. Okay. In a Chastain I, yeah. top ten. No, Gibbs. Gibbs, I think is a is an interesting. I, I think Chastain at sixteen to one is is a pros, is a possible win bet. Uh, he he's run well here his last two times. Uh, let's see, I have. Uh, let's see, Ty Gibbs finished uh, ninth here in the last race, so I definitely would consider him um, as he continues to get more experience. There at Richmond, and, and I heard guys say this years ago. Um, Richmond is either a track. I think it was Brendan Gaughan who t- who said this on one of his. He does a podcast, uh, and it's really good because they talk about like from betting standpoints. He said immediately Richmond is one of these tracks where if you're a driver, you know if you're going to either love it or you're going to hate it. And he's like, I hated this track. And he said usually guys who uh, come out in their first run at Richmond to run it well will love it forever, and the other guys will all hate it forever. So you try to find and you figure well. Ty Gibbs, his first run at Richmond, he's finishing in the top 10. I would imagine he probably likes it now. So I think he is definitely a worthy uh, candidate. I, you know, he he's going to surprise us one of these weeks and, and win one of these races, don't you think? I hope. Yeah. I really hope so, man. Yeah, well, he's got the team. He's got the pedigree. I, I mean, he's... He's right there. I mean, it's a, he's a rookie, so you can't forget about that. I mean, it's it's hard to win as a rookie in the in the circuit period. And uh, Richmond would be a track that would be very tough. But there's no reason why the Toyotas have run well here in the past. Um, I, I mean, I think and going back to Chastain, he he's he's a guy who was third and eighth here last year. He, he's always in the mix. He he's aggressive. Um, you know, he's he's gonna he's gonna lead some laps. So I, I think. We talked about Trackhouse, how they had been running in. Suarez was terrible. He had all kind of issues. But uh, I, I think Chastain is, is due for another win before the playoffs. I, I think he's a definite contender. He's a guy that I had. And at 16-1, to 1, I think that's a really fair price. Do you agree? Oh, it's an unbelievably fair price. I mean, he was the my number one racer up until he had his little incident and he had to get <laughs> talked to this year. I mean, he was everywhere in the beginning he of the was. season. He was. I think they had a they had a plan, kind of just let the let the fire settle down, let the smoke dwindle, and then second half of the season, fire that bitch up, baby. Lull everybody to sleep, start you know abide by the rules, but in the final few races, then go back to your old self, probably, huh? Right, because yeah. you're in the playoffs, you're locked in. Yeah, thing of beauty, man. I, I do, and I, I think we talked about that. We hit on it about Ryan Blaney too. Is a guy who just will continue to churn out solid finishes. And not get overly aggressive and knows he's in the playoffs. He got his win. And then I think when playoff time comes, not that Blaney's like Chastain as far as aggression, not even close. Couldn't be more two opposite guys. But as far as just a different type of focus that you're going to get versus guys like Chase Elliott who need to win and get in, uh, you know, Kozlowski, these guys who really 
uh, a win is, you know, they're going to have to win. Kozlowski could probably point his way in, but you don't want to take a chance, a couple of bad finishes in a row, and then that's out the door. So I think you're going to see guys trying really hard in these next few races. It should make for, for great, exciting finishes. Two guys I want to ask you about. I just mentioned one of them. Kozlowski's 30-1. to 1. He's won twice here. Uh, you know, a win for him would be really good. It, it relieves him of any pressure the, of, a, of a you know late season letdown where he misses the playoffs. And then uh, Eric Almarola uh, ran here well uh, last two times. And and you know what, Eric Almarola has actually been racing pretty well in his last two seasons after he was getting ready to retire last year. And he was a contender to win at New Hampshire two weeks ago until his dumbass uh, crewman didn't <laughs> did get his wheel on. So what do you think about Almarola and Keselowski this week? And uh, it. Uh, where the hell are we? Uh, cookout 400 in Richmond. Jeez. Matt, I, lo- I love you said Amarola. I've got him highlighted right below Gibbs. I just didn't bring him up because I was right. just uncertain. Sure. Now that I know that you- we're thinking on the same wavelength, I love the Amarola pick. He has been racing well. Yeah. And it is a shame when your buddy forgets to tighten your tire and, and you know, <laughs> yeah. that your wheel your- your wheel falls Especially off. on a two-tire stop when you were waiting for gas. Like, you had no reason to right. not get that tight. It wasn't like you were racing to get four on and try to beat somebody off pit road. Just idiotic. Unacceptable. Yeah, and with Keselowski, I mean, Keselowski needs the RFK win, man. They need right. it bad. Right. They need it really bad. I think he's their only option, unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, Busher's the kind of guy who's, you know, they, they've gotten a lot out of the talent of Busher. He finished third here at one of the races last year uh, at Richmond, uh, yeah. was 30th in yes, the other one. So, um, Busher, you know, you, you kind of get as much as you can out of him. He's just not a guy that's going to win very often. He's going to need things to set up perfect for him. But Kozlowski showed me a lot this year. I know you had him dead to rights. I was on the fence about him at the beginning of the season. You were telling him to retire to go out to the pasture. But, uh, no, he's he's held it together. And I'll give him credit. I, I, I like I like him as a guy. I think he's pretty – when he's on the broadcast, I enjoy listening to him talk. So, um, I think you know he's still a competitor, and I think if he if they can continue to get better as a team, uh, you know he he could maybe make a little bit of noise in the playoffs. I I agree. I was definitely my worst take of the year that Kazowski <laughs> needs to retire. Well, we all miss bad on things. Yeah, yeah, I know, but I got to own it. I can't. Yeah, I, no, I didn't say it. Good. I definitely said it in those seats you guys are sitting in yeah brad you made me eat my words even though i don't know you <laughs> hey all right so let me get your final thoughts uh on another guy that you know you're you're pretty dialed into his the pulse of his team uh kyle bush six wins here at richmond where where do you what do you see him is he just kind of waiting till the playoffs too to 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 kick it back up uh, a little bit uh, i'm sure a lot of these guys are yeah it seems like it when i was looking at like the next gen numbers for this race pretty much 23 to 21 is what I looked at. I, his name wasn't popping up too much. Right. I mean, I see it. I see that he's won a bunch previously, but something about this track, or I, I'm not really sure what it is, but he wasn't. He definitely did not stand out to me in uh, maybe like a top five, top ten. But yeah, he's in the playoffs, so what's he really got to worry about? Right, and I had the same notes about him, too, is uh, last year he was just mediocre here. A lot of his wins in Richmond uh, came you know, early on in his M&M's run uh, when, you know, when he was really dominant. Uh and he has not been nearly as good. He had a you know fourteenth and a ninth last year. That's just average for him. Um, and he, even uh, Tyler Reddick, uh, you know, who you know was in that car last year, you know, not so great. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm not sure this is a is a great track for that team. Uh, you know, but he you can never really discount him. But I'll probably be probably be laying off of Kyle this week. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I just so, man, I cannot. 
wait for these next couple races. I know. It's going to be fun, and the playoffs are going to be great. It's going to be as good as it gets because, I mean, you're really going to have – I mean, the beginning of those playoffs, I mean, there's going to be like 10 dudes that you think have a chance to win it if they just get the right luck and the right, you know, uh, car setups. I mean, Martin Truax is, is kind of on a verge of like a potential heater right now. I mean, he's – He's having great cars week after week, and uh, hopefully he saves some of that because he was my preseason pick to win the championship. I hope he has some of these uh, good cars come playoff time, but uh, it's going to be really good. There's so many guys that can win. All right, so uh, let's wrap it up here with the Cookout 400. Uh, do you think a Hendrick car is in victory lane this week or uh, one of the uh, JGR cars? I'm, I'm assuming you think it's down to those two teams. I'm looking right here. I'm just going to go with my gut, William Byron. Okay, Billy Byron is the pick. I like it. It was I'm, between him or Bell. <sighs> yeah. Well, I'm going with uh, Logano, and then probably Elliott is my second choice. So we'll see. I'm going to go with a with a Penske car. I'm not sure how great that pick is, but uh, the Chevys are going to be strong. The Toyotas are going to be strong, and uh, it's going to be a great race at Richmond. It always is. Never disappoints. You get lots of different strategies, brake failures, and things. People burning things up, burning up their clutches, and all kind of good stuff. So. I, I don't have a winner for you, but I'm gonna put I'm gonna throw two guys in the top ten. Please. Uh, one guy finished uh, 15, 15th last year, uh, Mr. Todd. I'm gonna put Todd Gilliland. Todd Gilliland. I'm gonna put him in the top ten. Okay. And then uh, you can get him uh, at a at a not as great of a price, three hundred to one. Uh, I'm going to take Harrison Burton up in the top ten. All well. right, all right. Yeah, baby, the Woodbeakers. Yes, all right. Jobs underdogs jobs. of the this week. I, I like I it. And there's no reason why that can't happen I, here at Richmond. I love it. All right, Sam. Before we let you run, I'll oh, go ahead. Harrison Burton's got the best looking car in NASCAR. It's very sharp. What's he driving? Let me see. What's does that he, help you? No. What's he driving? Uh, Twenty-one. Twenty-one Ford. Uh, Ford Motors. Or yeah, the Motorcraft. Or uh, it used to be the Sitco car for years. It was the like the the Wood Brothers Sitco car was like the synonymous with the that twenty-one team. But yeah, Harrison Burton. Uh, no reason why he can't be a top ten. There you go. I like it. Good plus money bets from Jub. Uh, Sam, before we let you go. I got to ask you about uh, MLB trade deadline. We talked a little bit uh, off air about this. Uh, are the Buckos? I had the Buckos as a team that absolutely needs to be sellers. But what say you? Do we've been talking about it for the, the few weeks leading up to this? What's going on in the game right now? Andy Rodriguez just—he was just staring at this fly ball. It was like right under him, and then he started doing that thing like where he realized that's not where it where he thought oh, it was, no. and he started like, and he caught it real. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> Holy God, it was bad. What's the score? But yeah, it's still 2-1. Oh, okay. We've got a 2-1 ball game right now. So buy, buyers or sellers, actually outs. both of those teams, Padres and Pirates, should probably both be sellers. What say you? Yeah, I, I say you, you definitely sell, but you don't sell everything. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No like you, you, get rid of, you get rid of Bednar. I think you could even you could even get rid of Hayes. Yeah. Oh, somebody get would rid take of Reynolds. him. You, could, you can get rid of Reynolds, but... Oh my God! When he says, when he says, don't sell everything. To, I, I picture them out there like selling gloves and bags, everything. Everything they the probably out. would jerseys. <laughs> Nutting sells everything. Fernando Tatis just flew out to the warning track, and I mean the edge of Ooh. the warning track. All right, but yeah, like I was saying, I think you 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 try to get whatever you can. For next year because you know next year was the year now it's 25 because we <laughs> can down the road some more yeah 
it's tough, Matt, because if they don't do something, then it shows that I guess they are committed to next year, but what are, we're not getting anything in return. Yeah. I'm not sure. My it's, question it's is if you got like guys like Mitch Keller and I mean, even Bednar to a certain extent. And Bednar is only good when you have a lead, I guess. And I, I don't even I guess if you think you're gonna be that much better than maybe you hang on to him, I would move him. Um but like Mitch Keller, I mean he he's he's hit the wall. I mean if any the time to have probably traded him was back in June when he was winning games and people were loving him and he's getting Cy Young talk and like I just I don't think he's any more than like a number three guy on, on their team. You know, the Skeens is going to be hopefully a number one, and I'm sure they can find somebody else off a scrap pile. Maybe they can sign somebody, spend a little cash, and, and get a number two. But I, I don't know. I just I just feel like this team just tries to you know fake its way to its fans to make you think that they're in, but they're really not. And uh, they've got to move some of these older guys. There's Santana, Rich Hill. And like you said, if they could get rid of Key Brian Hayes, not that he's old, but um, yeah, I, I just think they got to be sellers. I think the Padres need to be sellers. I think the Mets need to be sellers. I mean, these teams aren't going to have a chance. Like, I don't care what they bring back in return. If teams with with that have had this roster make up the whole year and they've not gotten any better, something's wrong. Either the manager's not pushing the right buttons, or you know, you, you've hit you've hit a kind of a, a lull where you're not going to get out of it. There's not that many times where teams like the Phillies just turn it on like they did last year and make that run through the playoffs. It's just not going to happen. Uh, what about buyers? Uh, any, anybody that you would like to see go all in to try to, to make a run uh, for the World Series when maybe you don't know? I bet you're going to guess. I bet I, I know who you're going to say, but go ahead. As a buyer? It's it's tough. I mean, you could, the Braves could be buyers, but they don't need to be right. buyers. Yeah, that's what I said that earlier, yes. I thought you'd say the Orioles. I, I would, I do, but like I, I keep hearing this dumb, this dumb rumor of this Otani yeah, to Baltimore and Jackson Holiday involved, and I know that isn't true because Jackson Holiday is really good. Yeah, but like I, I've seen Matt. I think honestly, you're correct. The Orioles should be buyers, and the Rays should be buyers. Yeah, the Rays, the Rays need here. In my opinion, with the Rays, the Rays are kind of in the spot where I would be like part seller, part buyer. Like I would trade uh, Franco right now. He something has went wrong. Uh oh, Pirates got something going. Oh baby, <laughs> Santana. Oh, there you go, Fucking up in dinger. his stock. That's his third one this oh, week. He does all right. They got to ship him out on the next Jeez. boat. Get him out of here. Seriously. But the the uh, the Rays, I think, are at a spot where something's gone wrong with their team as far as their internal chemistry. They're having to bench guys and sit guys down for attitude troubles. Like, that's weird for a professional team. So if I'm them, I'm moving a couple of guys who are valuable and then maybe bringing some other big-name guys in. If, if they're going to do that, they, they're going to have to because they, I mean, they lost again today. They're, they're struggling right now. And another team, the team that beat them today, the Marlins, they're struggling now after the All-Star break. I, I don't think they have a whole lot they can do. Um the Braves, you make a good point. They don't really need anything. What about? Uh, I think the Red Sox are going to be under the radar. I think they're going to get involved. I think they'll they're going to take some shots at, at the trade deadline. They're still right in it. I know that AL East is disgusting, Matt. Yeah, it is so disgusting. Yeah, and the Yankees I mean, I, underachieve. Let's see, because the Rays got Lance Lynn. Like, is Dylan Cease gone? Can we give like the White Sox key Brian? Did the Rays just Jackson make? Did the Rays just make that move for Lance Lynn? 
I'm seeing right here. It says White Sox trade Lance Lynn to Rays. There you go. You got your hat on for the White Sox. The selling begins. uh, Live on Better's Last Stand. We got trades going on. When when we're talking buyers and sellers, and this because I'm a I don't know. I don't know if it's true. Okay. Keep going, Joe. Dick about baseball, but. So a, a seller. So the Pirates are going to sell whatever product they they're have out of contention. because they're going to they're going to try to build up capital to get somebody for, for next year. But it, haven't they sold every yeah. other every year for the past ten yes. years? Yes, they do. But yes. the, the hope this year is that they, like yes. I said, they they move a piece that somebody doesn't have to get back a piece that they have enough of that will help the Pirates next year. I don't think they should trade all these guys for prospects that are going to be good in five years. Well, because. But try to find guys who are getting close to being ready who maybe that team has like like the Pirates for instance have two supposedly number one catchers in the in their you know, another team may have two really good outfielders or whatever and they got or they don't have enough room for one and they they move find a, a spot where a team has a surplus and in, in, in switch I, like I that. just don't understand because I mean every every year my brother who <laughs> obviously is a diehard uh, Pyre fan it's obsessed every fan. time that, that, that they either get rid of somebody uh, he always says well we're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna buy. We're gonna we're gonna eventually buy. We're gonna get a big name, and it yeah, never happens. Never happens. Or if we get somebody that sticks around and has a decent name in Pittsburgh, then they get rid of him, right. and then we don't get anything for him. My question to you, Sam, and I know you love him, and I, I know you'll hate to see him go. Uh, Austin Hedges. Uh, <laughs> what are your thoughts? Just because I don't fucking know. What 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 are your thoughts on him? Well, as a human being, I hear he's a nice guy. <laughs> Because I was talking a lot of shit on him, and of course on the TV, there's something that he he that he has all these wells in like Africa that that, that oh, spew up water. So I felt like a bad guy, but I'm talking baseball here. He's a bad it's business baseball player, right? It's business. Job can't get in the way of business. We we as a we as a fan base, we have been brainwashed in so many ways, and this Austin Hedges first half of the season into the second half is a prime example of the brainwashing that the Pittsburgh Pirates continue to do to this fan base and get away with every year. Yeah, hey, that's it how I describe like it. It needs to be a congressional hearing. I agree. Yeah. Forget about UFOs. They should be investigating <laughs> the nuttings and the Pirates and sketchy yeah, they business. They put practice. Ben Charrington on the stand. Yeah, swear him in and make him answer the tough questions. Um I I know the Pirates are going to let us all down. They're they're not going to do what what I, you know what they need to do, and they probably won't sign anybody in the off season, and they'll just think that like Skeens will be the savior, and that all these young guys will just pan out. But uh, I don't know. I, I I'm a little bit concerned. Why would you sign here, Matt? Why would you sign here if you're right, a free agent? Right. I don't know. I don't know. Because you're not going to get paid a lot. I don't know. I don't know what the plus. No, I mean you're really not winning. Doing. If you're not winning and you're not getting paid a lot. What are you going to look at the fucking bridges? Right, <laughs> right. It's a beautiful city. It's a great city to drive right. in. <laughs> no, not right. really. Uh, all right. right. Before we let you go, any? Uh, or actually, let me ask you this question: Who wins the uh, NL Central? If you had to make a bet right now, you betting the Brewers? Are the Brewers going to add anything and then finish off the Reds, or are the Reds still hanging around? Or the Cubs? I made a case for people were saying they should be sellers, but I think they should actually be buyers because they're close enough that they can make a little headway what do you what do you think about the uh, nl central the daunting nl central i think the cubs are better than their records says but i think it's the reds division to lose okay the reds are very like good it. can still get a plus price on them all right sam well thank you as always for joining us uh anything else to give to the, to the listeners before you part 
I just want to say, Jobby, it was great to see you, bud. Yeah, I, I, this it, this was kind of uh, an impromptu thing. I know sports aren't necessarily my wheelhouse, but no, you made it. You made the show fun. Well, Joe. good. Well done. Good. All right, Sam. Good to see you, Sam. Best of luck. We'll uh, talk to you next week. Uh, good luck with your bets, and I'll talk to you over the weekend. Yes, sir. Later, fellas. Go box. Bye, Sam. All right, that's our man Sam from Upper St. Clair. Appreciate him joining us every week. Uh, he's a busy guy. Got, got a busy work life, but uh, makes time for us each week, hopefully capitalizing on some of these race winners he's been giving out. So we'll keep it, try to keep it going. William Byron seems to be the pick. Alex Albonlo under the radar there in F1. And uh, Job even releases some picks this week, which I jotted down, and we'll be putting those out with uh, with mine and Sam's picks. Uh, and it won't be long. You'll have Coach back here, Chris, Luke, giving you these big football winners every week. The uh, you know the run around the pine tree, 10-star lock stuff. Still yeah, like to get Nick yeah, on here one time. Yeah, you'll have to get time. Nick and Say on here Yeah, one time. just to give us some, some uh, you know, a big breakdown of the card, get Nick's yes. analysis of why the Kansas Jayhawks are going to win the Big 12, uh, which, <laughs> you know, could happen. But anyway, that's going to do it for us here on Better's Last Stand. Uh, Jub, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it was absolutely. Really it's fun. fun. And uh, we appreciate you. are welcome back anytime. You do all the work with the show behind the scenes. So he gets to come on this side of the camera and uh, be a part of both sides of it. So anyway, uh, that'll do it for us. Be sure and get your IC cab arranged for the weekend. Italian Festival, Grecian Festival, Marshall County Fair. Uh, be safe. Drink up that Pine Room lager. Get out to Generations. Get a burger. If you're not going to the Italian Festival and you want to sit in the AC, go out to Generations. Get, uh, get a nice Pine Room Burger. Yum. Be sure to check us out on the radio next week and at the Italian Festival today, 12 to 3. When this airs, you'll be able to come down and say hi. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure Dan from Sobovia will be stopping uh, by and yeah. all uh, the yeah. other people around town. So uh, it's great great to uh, have you listening to us here this week. And uh, check us out on the radio Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from now on. As I said, we may move to Fridays at some point during football. But we'll let you know. High school football around the corner. College football around the corner, pro football around the corner, but we still got plenty of other things, uh, good sports, baseball, soccer, all kind of other things. It won't be long till everything's in session, hockey, Whoopee. basketball. Yes, job can't wait, uh, but pretty soon we'll be hopefully in the Pine Room on a nice chilly uh, Saturday evening with a snowstorm coming down, yeah. watching UFC. Uh, until then, Matt and Jub saying so long for the Pine Room Studios here on Better's Last Stand, and we will see you next week. Best of luck in your wagers. Uh-huh.